We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and Abe is unfortunately not here. He's out on assignment this week. Uh, but Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies via Moses Corp Review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This is episode 517, 517. And this week, in honor of the first day of Hanukkah, we are talking Avatar, <laughs> the way of water, just as it was intended. Um, yes, it's... Uh, Big episode here. We got a big movie uh, to talk about. And uh, joining me to discuss uh, said Avatar sequel we have from We Live Entertainment and Why So Blue. He paints himself blue and hangs out in the forest as he was too young for cryosleep. So we just call him Monkey Boy, but it's also Peter Paris. <laughs> hey, everybody. And also joining us from the Dr. Ali YouTube channel, which includes series such as The Psych Show. He's the kind of physician who likes to ask, Why So Blue? It's Dr. Ali, my two. <laughs> That's actually. True. Uh, nicely done, Aaron. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. And yes, hi. Happy to have you both here. Uh, always happy to have you both on the podcast. Peter, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm doing good on this uh, nice, uh, cold, cold, uh, but I'm warm uh, night in L.A. Okay. Sunday night. Well, Ali, uh, glad to have you here as well. And it's been it's been a minute. It's been since uh, Dune, since our last sci-fi epic that we had to talk about on this podcast. But uh, you're here now. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm um I'm really excited to talk about this movie with you all. I have a lot of thoughts and not that many people to talk to about it because not I don't know a lot of people who've seen it. So I'm I'm excited and it's also a little cold here, but I think the conversation is gonna warm me up. Well that's that's good to hear. And as we as we both recall, when I met you all those years ago in a Comic Con line, you were dressed head to toe as a Navi. So I mean I'm just I wanted <laughs> what do you what it is that you thought about this movie? <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna get into all of that. First up, let's get to some show notes. Uh, speaking of Avatar, our first show note here, we have a new commentary track for that's right, 2009's Avatar. Uh myself, Brandon Peters, and Scott Mendelson all talked about the James Cameron original um for the entire two hour and 40 minute runtime it's a packed commentary and you know what we didn't stop once it's a we we, we had the conversation going because there's a lot to talk about with avatar as will probably be the case with this new avatar as well but yeah that can be found on itunes where you find all of our episodes uh, if you log into itunes you can search for out now with Aaron and Abe. you'll find all said episodes including that very long commentary track and you also have a tab that says review and ratings and you can click that tab, and guess what? You can add your own review and a rating, which would be great. That would pop us up in the old iTunes charts, get us uh, get us up there, get us some attention and what have you, just make us feel good. So please do that if you can. That'd be great. Thank you in advance. What else, as far as show notes go, uh, we are, if people have been noticing, we've been churning out bonus episodes, which has been super fun um, because it's cool to you know get all these movies talked about in significant ways, uh, and that's probably not about to stop. Uh, we have a number of movies that are still coming your way, and it is the holiday season, meaning that it is complicated to get lots of guests uh, for a Sunday regular episode. So be prepared for more bonus content. Uh, we'll see what that amounts to, but yeah, that is going to kind of lead us into the end of the year where we'll also be getting to our top 10 episode, which is always a lot of fun as well, uh, and will be probably very long as it usually is. Uh, so be prepared for all of that because that's uh, always fun to do. Uh, so yeah, I think that's going to do it for the show notes. Let's move on now. Let's get to some out now quickies. Yeah, each week and out now we will be talking about the week. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was pretty fast. Thank you. I, that was like I, you know, faster than usual. You, 
the, the way of water asked me to move uh, with the pace of the water. And uh, you know what? It's it's running like a stream over here. So I got to keep it moving. Uh, that all makes sense. Ali, let's start with you. What other movies have you seen recently? And Aaron, you asked me beforehand to, t- to get ready for this. And I haven't really seen anything recently. I've got a, a relatively newborn at home. So like viewing time is pretty limited. Um, uh, you know, I was watching Andor. I know it's not uh-huh. a film, but that's fine. Um, you can talk about TV. I love, I love Andor, and my wife is um, not a Star Wars fan. She's not a sci-fi fan, um, but she was hooked on this show. Oh, so she's a big um, Michael Clayton fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she did like Michael Clayton. Yeah. There you go. Um, and so uh, we've we've really been enjoying that. Um, it's something I want to just do another watch of just just to kind of absorb everything. So I've been watching that. And then I've also been watching um, uh, Harry and Megan, the the uh-huh. epic documentary series on, on Netflix. So that's that's kind of what my speed is right now. <laughs> is that is that like a series or like a doc? It's like a self-made doc. Here's our side of the story. Limited six episodes there's six episodes worth yeah. of stuff here okay yeah so here's my are thoughts. they all an hour yeah i think the last episode's like more than an hour there's so uh, there's like six hours worth of this yes okay yes there's right. there's a lot of this here and so i would say if, if you have been following their story um it probably won't be much new stuff for you um i had not and uh, this was one of those uh, my wife started watching it and I sort of side eyed it while I was answering emails. Mm-hmm. And I, I really got pulled in just because uh, what the two of them do is they talk very candidly about life within the uh, the institution, as they refer to it, mm-hmm. of the royal family. And I, I thought that was refreshing. It, it sort of scratched that um, the crown itch for me. Um, so I, I enjoyed it, but it's, um, if, if you're someone who has been following it, you're not going to learn anything new. And if you're someone who has absolutely no interest in the Royal family, like, what are you doing? Don't watch it, you know? Um, but I, I enjoyed it. Fair enough. Okay. I wonder like when it, you know, how Netflix, when it gets to the end of something, it says, you know, if you like this, you should also watch. I wonder if it like says like suits. <laughs> that would be perfect. <laughs> That would be so good. Some of the some of those Disney Plus ones really crack me up. Like my wife finished yeah. watching the um, Adina Menzel special, uh-huh. um, like Adina Menzel Road to Madison Square Garden or something like that. And then it finished that and it was like, now you should watch Frozen, which <laughs> I, mean, I guess that makes sense. Right. Um, but yeah, those, those are often good. Suits would be amazing. I'm going to have to rewatch episode six now <laughs> to see if it does to that. see if that's what happens. <laughs> All right. Well, Peter, what have you been watching recently? You know, I actually haven't watched that much recently, but last week I did go to two screenings. One was Avatar, which we're going to discuss. Heard of it. And then the other was the other three-hour movie of that week, which was Babylon. Uh Um, And I enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought it was indulgent and too long, but there's... I think Damien Chazelle, is it Chazelle? Is that how you say his last name? Chazelle. Chazelle? <laughs> I feel like, I was just talking to a friend about this, like, I feel like there are certain filmmakers who, at their apex, like at their height, they just have a mastery of craft that, like, if you're a film lover, is really impressive. And while I wouldn't put Chazelle on the same level as, like, 
maybe like someone like P.T. Anderson. I think he'd be kind of like a big person we would like think of kind of like a height of like craft and cinema and everything. There's moments in Babylon where I was like, this is like, this is as good as it gets for like these kind of movies and everything. Again, I don't think the, I'm sure that Aaron, you're probably going to do, I assume you're probably going to do a podcast just about Babylon. So I don't want to go into too much, but overall, I, it was interesting seeing those two seeing something like avatar and Babylon, which are two very different three hour films, but certainly like the epitome of cinema. Yeah. 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 Very, both very cinematic, both with their own ups and downs or whatever. So uh, yes. So I enjoyed Babylon, but yes, I mean, I do have, how would you stack it against his other films? I'm just curious. Oh, it's probably my, honestly, I think whiplash is probably the best movie, but it feels uh, having only seen it once it feels like the movie that of his films i would probably watch rewatch more like i never went back to la la land i only saw first man once also but for some i mean it could just be also i like movies about hollywood so there could and i like the cast and everything but it, it feels of the four movies i've seen of his it feels like the one that i'm like yeah i would probably check out at least the highlights of that movie again so fair enough yeah anything else uh well i know you don't love it but for some reason don't worry about me well for some reason some whatever stupid thing you're about to talk about (laughs) well around the holiday season i find myself re-watching a sitcom uh, traditionally it's like frazier <laughs> where is this going <laughs> no, no, no. Well, no, you'll see so traditionally it's like frazier frazier is probably like my favorite sitcom of all time i've seen okay. i've seen that whole thing a million times ha. i don't know why that's my one this... second frazier what that's my one ha that's my one second but this season i don't know why i didn't put on frazier uh i ended up re-watching modern family i'm hmm. on season 10 now modern so I'm family almost, we're, I'm almost we're, done we're, with the whole show why are you coming at me about this well because i thought <laughs> you don't like modern family when did i say i don't like modern family i thought you're really tough on manny and a lot of the other characters you're like all oh, those characters are terrible and I'm this like, is not oh. me this is some other friend you've imagined <laughs> oh okay so yeah yeah so i'm on season 10 of modern family and it's like you know those first four seasons are pretty great so it's a good. show that really like plateaus after the first few seasons it but does it's like, it but does. that plateau yeah, yeah. is still a high place i mean it's yeah but it is weird like watching it now re-watching these later seasons it's like man they really depend on like a lot of weird like like i don't want to say celebrity but a lot of like weird kind of like guest stars you know it's like it has a number of recurring players that are just like yeah like so right now mira sorvino is in it and i'm just like why did this happen like you know (laughs) it's a mix of they Um, have a lot of people around and they also have to like find excuses to keep you know nine different characters all within the same three mile radius (laughs) it's like despite the fact that all the kids have grown up then they could be going off to college but they're like oh let's keep them in the area (laughs) right and then the other thing too is that like I'm watching this now a couple of years after it's finished because it finished, right? It finished April of 2020, right? Mm-hmm. So they had shot it before the pandemic, but it aired during like the high, the beginning of the pandemic and everything. And I'm looking at like the people on IMDb and it's like, man, it feels like Ariel Winter is the only kid 
that I feel like is still working. <laughs> I'm like, because I was like, what happened to the kid who played Luke? Oh, I guess he doesn't have anything going on. What happened to the one who played Lily? Oh, I guess she doesn't have anything going on. Like the 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 adult actors, like yeah, Julie Bowen, and like those people are still working, obviously. But well, Peter, but the yeah, thing but, is that those yeah. those for one thing, the world for kid actors is better than it used to be, and that means that those kids are going to school and being responsible while having millions of dollars they don't need that's to true. act yeah <laughs> they don't need yeah, to be like let true. me get on that acting trade right now they're like let me get the college degree first then i can go on to be an actor if i that's want that's a good point i hope you're right i hope you're because i was just like wow i was like i don't see these names in anything else like but you're right i hope that's true i hope that's what it is um but i really enjoy modern family it's i mean it's yeah like you said it's a show that that plateaued early but i really think the the adults in particular are very strong uh and as a person who lives in los angeles like i just it's just a very enjoyable show that i can put on in the background yeah it's nice when they like go to the grove <laughs> yeah exactly I'm like, oh, that's, a mile, that's a mile away from my house or whatever like so um but yeah so yeah so modern family there you go. It, modern family has great holiday episodes too they it do does. the halloween, the halloween episodes, stuff is yeah. really good yeah, yeah the halloween episodes are always killer the valentine's day ones yeah so good yeah no that's i thought you're gonna drop like some bazinga bomb on me and start talking about big bang theory for 10 minutes so. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> um, i'm uh I have nothing against people that enjoy very whatever show they want to. I just like, you're coming at me like I was about to like be mad or something. It's Modern Family. It's like that's just fine. Um, I've watched a number of things that I want to make note of this week. Uh, first is a couple documentaries. One is called Three Minutes a Lengthening. Um, this one is kind of is pretty fascinating. It's it takes three minutes of footage shot uh, in in Europe before the Holocaust had happened, just like a random like. Uh, like Jewish neighborhood before everything like turned terrible and it take you see you see those three minutes and then you just continually watch bits and pieces of that three minutes stretched out over the next hour with interviews from people that are trying to place when and where and who is within this footage as hmm. you, you have all these different people that have that believe they have relatives or what have you like all connected to this this very rare piece of footage that was like restored and like saved from everything it's uh, obviously like the context surrounding it is depressing because it's about the Holocaust. But the idea of like turning this footage into this like piece of mystery investigation, it's like a really interesting way to construct a documentary. And what I like is you literally only see those three minutes in different forms. You don't see any talking heads or anything. You just hear voices. So it's a it's a pretty rad documentary. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Um, the other documentary I watched was Senior. Uh, quote senior this is the film about robert downey senior um which features him and his son robert downey jr um basically going over senior's life uh talking about his career as a kind of a maverick filmmaker um the whatever whatever impact he's had in the, the film landscape and his role as a you know a parental figure a father to robert downey jr and the problems that both of them had to varying degrees it has downey jr so obviously having him involved means yeah you want to put some attention on him because he's a giant star so that you know kind of <laughs> that's gonna grab attention um but it does do a good job of presenting the kind of relationship that they currently have it shows them you know talking about things up until his event seniors eventual death he died fairly recently 
And it's done with kind of a knowing acknowledgement that by the time they're finished filming this thing, he's probably going to have passed. Um, so it's it can be it can certainly be emotional depending on you know one's status in life. Um, but it's a, it's a very good look at like who's seen like why he was important in the realm of filmmaking and what like why 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 we call him Robert Downey Jr. and why because there's Robert Downey Sr. and what it is that he added to the film film community. Also Oops, interesting sorry. is the fact that hmm. Senior, while they're making this doc, and it's directed by Chris Smith, by the way, who directed American Movie, a documentary I really like a lot, um, among other documentaries that he's made. But while they're making it, they're showing Senior the footage of the documentary, and he's giving advice on what his version of it would be. So you sometimes see like alternate versions of similar scenes presented as far as like how he would present this versus how the film itself is presenting this. So it makes it like this weird meta experiment within the realm of this documentary so it's a uh, oh. it's neat it's on netflix and after i watched senior i put on one of robert downey senior's actual movies i watched putney swope um which is i've always been curious about that it's really good and very funny it's from 1969 it is about a uh, advertising agency that has a you know a, a board and there's one black member on the board and after the like the CEO dies, they need to vote on who will be the new CEO. And because they're not allowed to vote for themselves, they all end up basically accidentally electing the black guy to be the new CEO because they don't <laughs> think anyone else will vote for him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's and it goes from there. It's very funny. It's very well done. I quite enjoy the movie a lot. It's got a you know, for being from 1969, it's got it's got a good edge on it as far as what it's trying to do. Was um, that a Netflix recommendation? Did it after watching it, Senior? Did it pull you into that? I wish it did. It's not on Netflix. I watched it on Canopy, but it's also uh, it's available. It's on it's on a lot of streaming services. It's not a hard movie to find if you want to watch it. Uh, but I would yes, I would have. I I would I was hoping it'd be some random like Rob Downey Jr. movie. <laughs> that movie that if you like this, Soap Dish is here. Um, <laughs> Um, I watched a few foreign films as well. I am trying to cram a lot of stuff in before I start like finalizing my top tens and what have you. So I watched uh, a few things here. I watched Return to Seoul. Uh, this is a Korean film um, that is quite wonderful. You have a completely new actress whose name is I do not have on me offhand, but she plays a young woman who was put up for adoption when she was very young, and she ended up living in being raised in France. So she has no connection to Korea outside of being initially born there. So she doesn't even speak Korean. She only speaks French. She goes to Korea, to Seoul, uh, to in an effort to basically go to the, uh, the adoption agency and find her birth parents. And it takes off from there. It is a really, really good movie. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really compelling story. Uh, it has some fun. Like, it's not a complete drama. It has some fun with the premise as far as the attitude of the young woman in question. Um, it's really solid. Uh, so hmm. there's that um and i watched a movie called no bears um, this is an iranian film um the director of it is currently serving a sentence in jail because he is uh he's been part of social uh, protests against the government going on uh, but he did manage to make this film which it's um it, it's got a dual narrative where one narrative features a man and a woman who are trying to escape from iran using fake passports and the other is about the actual director of this movie watching the footage of the movie I just described 
<laughs> and and while being secluded away in a local village where he's gets himself involved in some other kind of drama involving people moving around. Uh, so there's this kind of you're kind of going back and forth between the movie he shot and his own dealings going on. Uh, it's it's pretty fascinating. <laughs> like it's it's an it's another like kind of meta exercise that I found to be quite good. Um, so just a lot of cool things I've been watching lately. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, uh, cinematic and Inception meta stuff for you this week, Aaron. Yeah, it seems seems to be it seems to be <laughs> yeah. the case. Uh, you know, there's one more movie. I want to make sure I get the director's name right because I never because he's Indonesian. Uh, there's one more movie I watched called The Big Four. Uh, this is from director uh, Timo Tajanto, who is uh, he's worked with Gareth Evans on the on the um, that VHS two segment that's like terrifying, and then he's done his own movies. Did um, what's it called? He's done a number of that. The Night Comes for Us, um, big action movie that's on Netflix. It's basically, he and the the guy from the Raid they just make these insane act Indonesian action movies, and the Big Four is no different. It's about four assassins. Um, who come out of retirement to deal with some stuff going down, and it's a big action comedy. That's a lot of fun. I, I much much more to elaborate <laughs> beyond. If you want to see insane action sequences fit inside of an action comedy on Netflix, uh, this is one to watch. The Big Four. It's great. It's a lot of fun. It's super gory as far as the action goes because a lot of like gunfights that play around with the natural conclusions of what actual gunfights would do to the body, as opposed to the you know lesser impactful ways. Um, but a, so you know maybe not not quite for the newborn yet Ali but I mean it's a good movie <laughs> <laughs> how um how'd you find that movie Aaron how'd you hear about that 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 sounds great it sounds like something I want to watch but I've never heard of it uh just because I it just the trailer popped up eventually and it's in the realm of you know people that watch film there are people you know movie nerds then you know see the new Timo movie is coming out on on Netflix at some point um it's it's one of those things of of all the streaming platforms. I think Netflix does one of the worst jobs. Yes, yeah, they do a in, terrible job yeah. of of sharing like what I assume is lots of money that's being spent yeah, yeah, on yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> wild projects <laughs> like this. Because um, like what's his, like Alejandro Iñárritu's new film Bardo is out on Netflix right now. I haven't seen a I've I've seen the movie, but I haven't seen a single thing about yeah. the fact that that yeah. movie exists and is currently that the movie from a two-time director oscar winner is has like a new movie out and there's nothing on it right now that would indicate yeah. oh yeah it's on netflix uh, you should watch that <laughs> it's why people need to listen out now exactly exactly see you know what <laughs> this, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pointing to my head than your head at the same time right now that's what's oh, that's good <laughs> podcasting right there let's keep going with those visuals <laughs> all right uh that's an ugly yeah let's move on now let's get to some trailer talk we talk about some of the newest movie trailers of the week, one that coming out, what we thought of, and what have you. We have two trailers to go over this week, and I want to kind of weigh where your guys' interest is in between the two of them. First up, we have Transformers colon Rise of the Beasts. This would be the seventh Transformers movie. <laughs> yeah, there's five of those Bay ones, and then a Bumblebee. So yeah, seven. We got this. This is our seventh Transformers movie. Um Presumably set back, or no, it's set in the 90s. Sorry, it's set, it's set in the mid-90s. Um, this time it involves not only Autobots and Decepticons, but also the the Beast Wars characters. Um, <laughs> I forget if they have, are they, are they divided into groups too? Are they like auto beasts? Like, is that a thing? Or are they just still Autobots? Uh, I'm sure the movie will be sure to inform me. But regardless, we have this, it involves beasts this time. Uh, Anthony Ramos and Dominique Fishback are among the cast members, and you have Stephen Cable Jr. 
uh, who directed the surprisingly pretty damn good Creed 2 uh, in the helm. The other trailer we have this week is 65, which is a sci-fi action thriller starring Adam Driver and directed by Scott Beck and Brian Woods, the two guys who wrote uh, the first Quiet Place film. Adam Driver is a spaceman who crashes on a planet that he soon discovers is Earth, and not just Earth, but Earth 65 million years in the past, meaning, uh-oh, spaceman versus dinosaur. So, we have Transformers featuring Beast uh, robot now, robots now, and we have Adam Driver versus dinosaurs. I want to know, between these two movies, I'll start with you, Peter, where are your thoughts here? Which one are you more interested in between the two? Oh, definitely 65. I Man, I just... I don't think I finished the last trans was the last transformers like the last night or something. That was the last Bay transformers. There was, there was Bumblebee afterwards. Oh, I liked Bumblebee, which was quite good. Yeah. Yes. I did like Bumblebee. I'm not, I'm just not super into transformers. So I can, I can take it or leave it. Um, But 65, uh, I like Adam driver a lot. I like the look of the movie. I did sort of wish that it was more like this game returnal where it's more about like, him and himself like it's just like versions of himself and it's not that and you're right i think you and i off podcast and said well technically you know moon and other stories have already done something like that but Oblivion. when it started i was like oh is this gonna be like returnal um but but still i i like the look of it um i like him a lot so for sure i'm way more about 65 all right ali how about you where do, where is your interest lying more here uh so i i had this patient who i saw for many 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 years um and i um he he loved transformers um but for like the past few years he would uh, after he sees a new transformers movie he would come in with this transformers depression and we would end up talking about how much he was so let down by that franchise and that's kind of how i feel about the transformers movies <laughs> it's like there's been a very slow uh, decline in my interest towards them bumblebee was good um but of course they're not following up on bumblebee well um, i mean technically i mean it's set in 94 it's not bay i mean it's it, it, well, it's, it's it, not yeah. a direct sequel with Haley Steinfeld, presumably, because she's not seemed to be mentioned in this cast. It does seem to be going off of this is the next step based on that movie. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and in that case, you know, this is one of those I'll I'll wait and see. Um, I'll mm -hmm. wait till the experts like like you two have have something to say about it, and depending on that, I I might go see it. But just from the trailer alone, uh, it doesn't seem like it's offering anything that's fresh or different. Um, I just see those Transformers transform, and it just, it's like, it, I, I've seen this so many times now, uh -huh. you know? Uh, Bumblebee, at least, uh, the marketing could have been better, but at least it did feel a little bit like it, it's going in a different direction. Uh, 65, on the other hand, pretty <laughs> yeah. much everything about this movie excites me so i i just watched it before we were recording i had no idea what the premise was so i was like all right spaceman adam driver i'm 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 here for this um and then okay him him like rescuing this girl survival movie this sounds cool i was getting some um what was that will smith movie with his son um after was it earth after earth yeah 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 i was thinking it's after earth but then i was like no that was titan ae um 
No, but uh, yeah, it is after Earth, right? Mm -hmm. So I was getting some of those vibes. I was like, all right, this is interesting. And then the dinosaurs. (laughs) And I was like, this is, this movie has everything, everything I want. Um, So um, I am, I'm 100% all in. I, I will, I would love to go see this as it opens. It looks fantastic. Yeah, I mean, there's not gonna be too much diversion here as far as these two trailers go. Like, I'm more willing to accept another Transformers because I did like Bumblebee quite a bit and I am hoping that this falls more in line with that style. It is a teaser, so I'm hoping there's more, you know, fun and humor uh, beyond just the notion of Ron Perlman voicing Optimus Primal. Like, that's uh, <laughs> like that does get me going, don't, no doubt, but I need a little bit more. And I like Anthony Ramos quite a bit, so I'm like, cool, That those are neat elements, and seeing Cape Stephen Cable Jr. go from Creed 2 to this is like, all right, like that's that's a choice. <laughs> I'm weirdly the thing I'm most disillusioned by is the fact that the Bay's Transformers were all 235. And then which was always weird to me because it's like, here's robots, and then there's a bunch of space in between them. And then Bumblebee was like, let's do 185, like they should be, and the robots look really tall. Um, so the fact that this goes back to 235, I'm like, all right, I'm making choices here. <laughs> Fine. Well, I guess you need to put a lot of a lot of robots on this a lot of robot animals on the screen at once, so whatever. Um, but yeah, that it's like, okay, there's more of this. I, I hope this promise is more than just, you know, Transformers but with Beast this time. Um, having no connection to the cartoon of Beast Wars back in the day. 65 on the other hand, though, yes, I am decidedly more interested in one thing. I just I really like Adam Driver. And if I I wouldn't have expected him to be like, you know what? I need to do a solo sci-fi lead project, you know, but uh, here we are. I guess I need to break out of my indie shell a little bit here and just do some of these big movies. Um, but I also note that uh, Scott Beck and Brian Woods, I like these guys. I, I like I'm not the biggest Quiet Place fan, but I do, I do like the movie. But also, they made another movie called Haunt, like a little horror movie, um, that I quite enjoyed. And the fact that they're like, okay, we're stepping up our game from writers on this thing and directors of this horror thing to sci-fi dinosaur thriller. <laughs> yes, that 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 excites me for sure. I am surprised that the you know the first trailer kind of just goes right into it. Um, I I. I I, I guess you kind of have to these days, but I would have been curious if there was like a longer lead up to he's on some planet and we don't know what it is, but something's out there. And then you eventually reveal it's done. It's, but you know, it's not me. I'm not marketing this movie. Uh, it's like, all right, T-Rex. Cool. That's a, that, that's what we're doing. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what to expect beyond elements of this add up to me to be something fun. So I'm hoping for something fun. It, um, did both of these trailers do the whole pre-trailer thing that sony loves to do that i hate well that's um, that most trailers do that on like on youtube or whatever right? they do the whole oh it it drives me crazy um yeah, no I, I literally like turn around or shut my eyes when they do that like here's five <laughs> seconds of a thing you're about to watch the full <laughs> yeah, trailer of. yeah it's, like, it's annoying spoil that part like like the transformers one's like we're showing you the very last shot of the trailer yeah right yeah, in yeah, the front yeah. Of the trailer. <laughs> it's like what <laughs> say so i i've already committed the next minute of my time to watch this advertisement you don't need to give me an advertisement to give me yeah, to get me to watch it's it really yeah. silly yeah uh well regardless transformers colon rise of the beast opens in theaters june 9th 2023 
and 65 opens in theaters sooner, March 10th, 2023. So be prepared um, for, for dinosaurs and Beast War action, I guess. Um, all right. With trailers out of the way, normally we'd go right to the movie review. But with Abe not here with us, um, I wanted to be sure that we'd still had games. Abe was very particular in saying, I need to make sure that you guys get to play a game. But rather than just <laughs> giving the game over to me, uh, Abe thought it might be much better if I was involved in the games as well and we had someone else to proctor said games. So joining us now to make sure we can all stay up at the same time and do this and do it properly, joining us now to to host the games for us this week, uh, we have uh, joining us right now the, uh, from the Brandon Peters Show and Why So Blue, it is Brandon Peters. Hello. Hello. Out now with Brandon and Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brandon, I, I am glad to have you here. And I think, uh, you know, what what uh, what time is it again? What time? What time is uh... like actual time? Yeah, we're I at? just want to know what time what 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 the time is for what we're about to oh, do right now. Oh, I think it might be time for games. <laughs> Games, games, games. TM. <laughs> that was, of course, the improv theme for games. I appreciate that eventually you caught on and that worked. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, Brandon, I believe Abe has given you something. What What are we doing this week? I got like this blank page. Um, <laughs> it says figure it out. So that must be that must be the title of the game. So I figured it out. Uh, we are we have two games today. Oh boy! Okay. What? Yes. Uh, first up, we have a classic, uh, game of true, or false, uh-huh. James Cameron edition, which okay. is going to be a, a warm up for the main thing. And he has the word true in all caps. Which I think oh. is him saying true lies, you know. <laughs> right. We should have said true or lies. Why didn't we call it that? I'm calling it that. True or lies. <laughs> That's what we're gonna call it. Okay, redacted. Um, <laughs> Noted. Yeah, the first to buzz in with your name will have the answer to Ash answer true, false, or if you want to say lies, I'll count it. Okay. Uh to so let's questions. let's make this official. Peter, Ali, me. What we're saying, we're saying, if we think it's false, we say lies instead of yes. false. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, true or lies to answers. Uh, these questions are about uh, or around James Cameron's career. Okay. So, yeah, say your name and I will do best to keep track of who, who said first. Okay. So, um, if you're all on top of each other and Peter is one to answer, you will uh, be ahead of him. So, there you go. How's that, Pete? <laughs> Yeah. Nope. All right. Yeah, that's good. All <laughs> right. Okay. Are for everybody ready? Yeah. Ready. Their... Yeah. All right. True or lies? According to Metacritic, Titanic is James Cameron's highest rated movie. Ali. Aaron. Peter. Ali was first. Lie. It's a lie. Yes. That is correct. Aliens and the Terminator, 1984. He wanted to be clear about that. I want are to... <laughs> both rated at 84. Titanic is at 80 at 75. Sorry. No, I would have thought Terminator would be high. I would have guessed Terminator 2. But okay. Wow. I'm just glad I got the point. Yeah. All right. Um, there's a lot of retroactive stuff that goes into those sites too. Uh Next question or next statement. Uh, <laughs> James Cameron has been nominated for best original screenplay. Aaron. Go ahead. 
Lies. This is correct. He's okay. been nominated for Best Picture twice with Avatar and Titanic, Best Director twice with Avatar and Titanic, Best Editing twice for <laughs> Avatar and Titanic, and he won for all the Titanic noms. Mm-hmm. If he was st- still married in that relationship, he'd have uh, other ones sitting at his house, but he does not. <laughs> all right. Uh, our next one. James Cameron has a credit for screenplay on Rambo colon First Blood Part 2. Aaron. Peter. Aaron was first. True. Yes. He and Sylvester Stallone share credit. Can you imagine being in that writer's room? I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that, that that's what uh that that you just that's George P. Cosmatos, right? He or he's, mm-hmm. he's he was in that right. He's like, oh, these guys. You guys figure it out. I'm leaving. <laughs> All right. Cameron Wright, do we get to win this time? <laughs> that's his. That's all him. I mean, that does sound like a lot he would write. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like... Okay. Uh, our next one, Terminator Two, Judgment Day, has more Academy Award nominations. Than aliens. Ali. Ali. I'm going to say false on that one. You are correct. Terminator 2 has. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brandon. Lies. Thank Lies. You. Thank you. Lies. I, was, I was waiting for you to correct yourself. Yeah. There we go. I'll take it. I'm uh, a professional. <laughs> uh, so Terminator 2 had six nominations, one winning for sound, sound effects, editing visual effects and makeup also nominated for cinematography and film editing aliens scored seven Seven? noms yeah winning for sound effects editing visual effects and nominated for best actress uh direction set direction or set decoration um best sound film editing and original score Things that are always cool is the fact that Sigourney Weaver was nominated for Best Actress for Aliens. Like, I know, that is <laughs> such really a wild nomination. <laughs> Wait, is that the same year that Kathy Bates for Misery? No, Misery's 90. Oh, no, that's 90. Okay, that would have been interesting. That's like two genre like things for actress, but okay. And like, they don't T2, have room for more than that. T2's up for editing, but it loses to JFK, so it's like, okay, that makes sense. That's, mm. like, that's fine. <laughs> Okay, uh, last one, and we have a 2-2 tie um, well. with Aaron and Ali. Here we go. According to Box Office Mojo, which you can go to by typing in boxofficemojo.com, True Lies made $146,282,412 during its domestic box office run not Adjusted for inflation. Ali. <clears throat> that was Ali. I'm going to say false. I think it made more than that. You are correct. And if you say the right thing. Oh, man. I'm going to... Oh, 180 million something? No, 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 no. What'd oh, you... lies! It's lies. <laughs> it's a uh, lie. lie. It's not a, it's not a lie. Tuba, it's a lie. True Lies made 146,282,400... Eleven dollars. Oh my gosh! Okay, so he just changed a dollar. That's, that's that's Abe just Aben. So, yeah, he changed a dollar. He went high. So if you were 
Yeah, if you were on it, you were off. If it was Price is Right rules, you would have lost. I knew knew it was under 150, but it's like, geez, that's the that's the the push that you're gonna go for. Right. (laughs) All right. I think it's like 300 something or whatever. Dr. Ali wins this one. I think this is the first time I've won ever on out now. I'm all a warm-up game. Does it count, Aaron? I'll I'll let it count for him. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, Ali. You're I'm, pro- I'm, I'm just happy. I got I got something. I usually suck at, at the games. Oh, just wait till this one. We all uh, got these right, right? None of us missed one. Nobody missed. There was so nothing there in question. That's nothing the real win. In true no. or lies. <laughs> which will return in Avatar 3. <laughs> the the uh, this, deserts this. of yeah. something. Um so this next game is so-and-so and the something-something. This is a round-robin game, so everyone will have a chance to go first. No buzzing in, no shouting your name. You can shout your name, but you're not going to be the one that goes. Got it. Unless it is that your turn and you decided to shout it. So, here we go. A movie clue will be read about a character played by an actor from the movie Avatar, The Way of, the, of, the Way of Water. You will have a chance to guess who the actor from the clue is. No need to name the movie. If the person who goes first misses, the next guest goes until everyone has a chance to answer. If no correct answer, I win a point. <laughs> actors actors may repeat in this game. So I'm going to say, uh, sounds like a Harry Potter type title. And you're going to have to a- answer which actor from Avatar it is. So it's going to be about them, an actor f- in Avatar from another movie. Okay. <laughs> I was, I think the word clue is a little off here, but. But we're guessing okay. the, we're guessing the actor or the movie? Actor. Actor, not yeah. The movie. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, so is everybody ready? Any questions? We're going to do our damnedest. Dr. Ali, you're going first since you won the last round. Peter, you'll go second, and Aaron will go third. Fair. And then the next round, Peter will go first. Aaron will go second. We just round around. Okay. Here's our first one. Fire Lord Ozai and the quest to take over the world with his fire-bending nation. Um... Uh, is that's that's got to be some crappy movie Sam Worthington was in? Incorrect, Peter. Oh, well, I mean, it's the Last Airbender, it's Avatar: The Last Airbender. But wait, but am I trying try to figure out? Remember who... when I asked, "Are you guessing the actor or the movie?" And Brandon was like, "The actor." Remember <laughs> <laughs> when I asked that thirty seconds ago? I know. That's why I'm like, okay, so basically it's Avatar the Last Airbender. What but I'm Avatar trying to guess... actor is in that? So Pete, right, that's what right. I'm like if there's someone who goes after you, you might be giving them clues by saying that movie. Oh, that's true. To be fair, so I knew the me... movie, so it's fine. <laughs> yes. Um Man, I don't know who's in I mean, I can't think of anybody that's in Avatar that would be in that. I guess I'm gonna say like I don't think so. Sigourney Weaver. 
I don't know, Stephen Lang. I, don't, <laughs> I honestly don't know who he in that. Like, because I know it's not like Sam Worthington or okay, something. Okay, so you don't like, know is your answer. <laughs> okay. I'm going right. to go with Stephen oh, Lang. Okay. Incorrect. Aaron. Okay. Cliff Curtis. That is correct. Wait, who? Aaron is on the board. Cliff Curtis. What? Cliff Curtis, he played a teal person in Avatar. He's the chief of the <laughs> reef people. Yeah. Oh, okay. Who's he playing Avatar? He's the Fire Lord. The in oh, Avatar. Fire Lord is I. Because all the this. Fire Lord people are either are you know they're basically brown. Was that was their choice there? What, what doesn't matter from where? If either they're New Zealand or if it's Dev Patel or if it's Asif yeah. Mandiv, <laughs> that, that's the Fire. If people. <laughs> if if Abe did his research or is the uh, last Airbender fan he boasts to be, then that should be correct. All right, next one. This is for you, Peter. Norman Nordstrom and the quest to avenge his daughter's death with the help of a turkey baster. Oh. <laughs> oh, uh, it's, yeah. Wait, do I get to speak? Yes, it's your turn. I said Peter, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's Don't Breathe Stephen Lang. Correct. Yes. You're on the board. His name Finally is Norman Nordstrom? <laughs> I guess he... I just he's forgot. got all that money from the 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 mall stores that he's, <laughs> he's from the right? he's from the nordstrom <laughs> empire he's the black sheep of the family go to nordstrom you guys sell turkey basters here still have a project of on the house you're part of the project <laughs> on the house oh okay we're now to you aaron uh-huh dr helen hudson and the quest to help stop a serial killer and finally leave her apartment Okay, doctor. <laughs> Leave her. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Sigourney Weaver. Is that was it? Copycat? No, is that was, was that is correct? It is copycat? Congratulations, you are on the board again. What's the other one? It's like eye for an eye. Is that Sally Field? That's Sally Fields. Okay, we're... so I got the right one. That's what I was worried about. That's <laughs> <laughs> where Keeper Sutherland. Um, yeah, yeah. That's gross. Okay. Gordy, we right. got it. Nail it. Gotcha. Dr. Ali, you are next. I'm pretty anxious. All right. <laughs> this is difficult. Boris the animal and the quest to alter the timeline for agents J and K. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, who was in that? <laughs> <laughs> um um oh i see what he did okay <laughs> got it um stephen lang incorrect no peter yeah. paris no, uh... zoe zaldana aaron another steal so you have to be clear on which Men in Black he's referring to because I know Men- that's what I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, it's Men in it's Men in Black three, and the key villain there was Boris, who was played by Jermaine Clement. Correct. Oh, oh nice. He can't fly like a Navi, but he can fly like a Concord. All right. Oh. <laughs> I'm so glad we chose you to proctor this game. <laughs> anytime, anytime. All right. Here we are. We are on. Mr. Peter Paris again. All right. <clears throat> Dr. Aaron Mears and the quest to contact trace all of the people Beth M. Hoff met before her demise 
Also, her cough in the middle of the night had everyone in the theater go, oh, no, not her. Sad face emoji. <laughs> That's the one with the frown. Just in case. Don't know your Oh, emojis. I know this one. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But it's not my turn, right? So it's it your is. Turn. And when Jesus I say Christ. Peter, <laughs> when I say Peter, I, I mean it's your turn. Oh yeah, I mean it's Contagion, Kate Winslet. I just watched that recently. That's correct, yes. Peter. Look at you. You just need to get steals because Aaron's eating up the score with the steals here. Uh, and Doctor Ali, remember you won that first game. Hold on to that. <laughs> Hold on to that. We're gonna count it. All right. <laughs> Aaron, yeah, at you. <laughs> Joanna Hoffman and the quest to help her CEO boss be a better father for his estranged daughter. Joanna Hoffman. Say say this again while I think about this. <laughs> Joanna Hoffman and the quest to help her CEO boss be a better father for his estranged daughter. It helps. CEO stands for Chief Executive <laughs> Officer. Um. Okay. Juliana Hoffman. <laughs> CEO boss. No, nothing to do with Dustin Hoffman. Thank you. Um. I do not. I know I'm missing the reference here, so I'm just going to take a stab and just ch- choose an Avatar character like Giovanni Ravisi. Wow, you're that incorrect. Right? You're incorrect, Doctor Ali for the steal. <laughs> you suck. Uh, this, this, I think I know. Um, Kate Winslet from Steve Jobs. From Steve Jobs. He yeah. took one yeah. from Aaron. Uh, All right. I only know this because I got last year for Christmas. I got my wife the the memoir from Steve Steve Jobs' daughter, and we okay. talked about it a lot. He doubled up on Winslet. That's what threw me. <laughs> he twice. He did. I, like that. <laughs> I thought we're narrowing down to like who's left. <laughs> Classic Moa. All right. Here we go. It's your turn again, Dr. Ellie. Ah, ha, ha. So, you know, I'm, you know, so you're, you're aware that I'm going to ask the next one and you're going to be the one to answer, right? I've, I've been it's, following. It's Peter been a struggle. I've been, learned. I've learned been a, through it's Peter. been a thing. It's been a thing. Just, all right. Catherine Parker and the quest to merge with Trask Industries, which oh. may not even be her own idea to begin with. Trask Industries. I should know this. Um, can you give me the hint again? Catherine Parker and the quest to merge with Trask Industries, which may not even be her own idea to begin with. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, see, my mind wants to go to Sigourney Weaver as a guest, but I know that's not right. So um, I'm going to say... Eddie Falco, but I don't know the movie. I'm just guessing. Incorrect. Peter, this Peter is where Steel. I say, hey, yeah, this is, you, know, you don't have to call yourself out, but all right. Yes, your turn. For some reason, I think it is Sigourney Weaver. I think it's Working Girl. Peter got it right. Uh-huh. Yes. Oh. Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> Peter. Girl. Peter. 
See, Trask is like a is not like a, a Marvel X-Men character thing. too. It's yeah, an, an X Men thing. thing. So I was yeah. like, wait a minute, <laughs> Boulevard Trask. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a really good one. Throwing there and mess up. It was because when he said it might not be her idea, I was like, oh, that's the big thing is that she mm-hmm. steals it from Melanie Griffith and everything. Like, I was yeah. there with Doctor. I was like, oh my gosh, he just said it, and he said it's not. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, Peter, you there? Peter, yes, I'm here. Uh, this is your turn. I'm going to read it and I want you to answer it. All right. <laughs> Teresa Jones and the quest to have her father approve of her fiance. Can you say it again? Teresa Jones and the quest to have her father approve of her fiance. Oh. Zoe Zeldana. What is that movie called? You got it right. You don't need the movie. Wait, wait, hold on. Let's see if you oh, I don't out. need the movie. No, 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 like, no, no, no. Let's, wait, wait, hold on. Let's see. If I'll let you guess. I want to say it's like Heroes. or I can see the poster in my who head. Do you, who do you think it is? I'll let you guess. Oh, I said it's Zoe Zaldana. Yeah. Who do you think it is? I'll let you guess. Wait, what do you mean? Who do I think? It, I said it was Zoe. Wait, what? The movie. I want to say it's like. Heroes or losers or something like that? Is it losers? Is that what it's called? There is a movie called The Loser She's In, but that is not the movie that's being. No, no, I'm asking who do you want to guess? (laughs) Wait, what? What do you mean? I guess I wait, I guess wait, I guess I will man. (laughs) I might take a break and eat dinner. The the movie is guess who. (laughs) Oh actually that is not what I was that's weird. So I got her, but I actually Yeah. Movie. Okay. Yeah. What yep. movie were you thinking? Were you, were you thinking of the losers? Yeah, I think because I was. I haven't seen it in a while. I was like, is there something in you that? Thought the, you thought the movie about like contract like killers that? was about the, the uh, husband and fiance? <laughs> yeah, it was, well, no, it seemed like a stretch to me, but I was like, I feel like it's Zoe Zelda. No, it's but it's, the, yeah, it's like... the like guess who's coming to dinner modern update with Bernie right, Mac and Ashley right, Kutcher. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Aaron, are you ready? God, yes, I am. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Captain Glover and the quest to try and win World War II battles with a Seventh-day Adventist soldier. Say this again. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Glover and the quest to try and win World War II battles with a Seventh-day Adventist soldier. Adventist soldier. I'm going to say Ravisi again. Dr. Elliot, it's your chance to steal from Aaron. Sam Worthington. Yes, indeed. And what? Hacksaw I have no idea. Ridge. I'm just Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, I guessed because he hasn't been an answer in a while. So Yeah. A, yeah. Famous... I use the deductive reasoning because I have no cinematic knowledge. I wonder, so... like, sticks up for Worthington, even, like, as far as, like, I think he's fine i cannot remember him in hacksaw ridge whatsoever <laughs> he appreciates it okay all right dr ali we are going to you again how many more of these? Oh, Is there another run through huh there are like three more or what, what are we doing? like four more okay oh my gosh <laughs> he was really proud of this game and Peter then i and down. then i added like six of them so no just kidding all right Brigadier General Dean Hopgood and the quest to go into the office next door using his mind powers. Um, man. Um, okay. 
I'm going to go with Mr. Clement again, just because he hasn't been an answer. And he's not the one for this one. (laughs) So, Peter Paris, your turn. Say it again. Brigadier General Dean Hopgood and the quest to go into the office next door using his mind powers. What is this? I don't know. Sorry, I I don't know. One last chance, Aaron. (laughs) Brigadier... General Dean Hopgood. Mind powers, office next door. Because I don't want to feel like a fool if it actually is Rabisi, I'm going to just guess Rabisi again. <laughs> the answer is not Giovanni uh-huh. Rabisi. It's Stephen Lang from The Men Who Stare at Goats. Oh, yeah, a movie oh. we all remember. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One point Spec- for the game master. Those specific details <laughs> from that movie. I got one for us, Abe. If you're yep. listening, uh, all I, I needed was was I think like sixth build Stephen Lang to get us yeah. to that one. <laughs> all right, there's like five people on that poster, and he's not one of them. <laughs> so this is Peter's turn. All right, Smiley and the quest to clear up the confusion with rookie cop Jake about whether he really helped his cousin from a crime in an alleyway. Can you please read that again? Wait, what? Push your shit in and listen. Smiley (laughs) and the quest to clear up the confusion with a rookie cop, Jake, about whether he really helped his cousin from a crime in an alleyway. Also, just to help you out, Jake's last name is not Sully. (laughs) Man, I... What? Smiley in the quest to clear up the confusion with rookie cop Jake about whether he really helped his cousin from a crime in an alleyway. Okay, I have no clue, but I mean, I I got to guess. I mean, I might as well at least guess somebody. All right, um, I'm ready for it. Who have we not talked about recently? Um, what was that guy's name? Um, I'll go with. Come on, Pete. Giovanni Rabisi. <gasps> no, Aaron. Cliff Curtis. Training day. Yep. I gave gave you a big old clue there. <laughs> Wait, what was the big old clue? Push your shit in. It's that scene. When he's holding Ethan Hawke's head in the bathtub. He's like, you gonna push your shit in when they're at the table? Yeah. I forgot that scene. I haven't seen it in a while, but I did like it. All right. All right. So if we've gone from Cliff Curtis as the Lord of the Fire Lord. <laughs> Fire Nation to playing a Latino gangster in training. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aaron. Yeah, we're at you. Uh huh. Marcus Wright in the quest to save the future and stop the machines. Oh, oh. I mean, that, yeah, that's that's Sam Worthington. It's the worst one on here. Yeah. All right, <laughs> but the best movie. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> All right. We are at the final one. It's one of the top later Terminator movies. (laughs) All right. The game, this is held in Dr. Ali's hands here. Oh, my gosh. As we go into the final question, the score, well, he's not going to win it. Sorry, you have two points. Can I keep someone else from winning? But Peter has four and Aaron has five. So if you... Were to pass on this one and say, I don't know, P 
Peter would have a chance to oh. tie Aaron. Oh, oh. okay. I like Abe, the sound of that. Abe has not provided a tiebreaker, so I would be making <laughs> I would be making one up on the spot. All right. <laughs> so if you just take it, you're just like, congrats, Aaron, you owe me. Um and, and love the winner of the True or Lies game. All right, here we go. Adelina Fortnite and the quest to reunite lost relatives in the icy hands of the fabled Shangri-La. Peter, you know this one? Oh. <laughs> you, I, um, I would have bet Aaron does in case you don't. If if you okay. I, read it again. I'm gonna guess. <laughs> Just negotiating what's gonna about to happen right now. I'm gonna read guess read a person. Read it again, please. <laughs> Adelina Fortnite and the quest to reunite lost relatives in the icy hands of the fabled Shangri-La. Uh, I'm I'm going to guess just a random woman in the hopes that it helps you, Peter. <laughs> uh, we're going to go Kate Winslet here. Incorrect. Right. All I right, Peter. I mean... You got this. The Shangri-La? What is... What the... I get uh, Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> I can't believe you handed the game to Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no matter what Aaron says, he wins because if he doesn't get it right, I get the point and I tie for third. You tie Ali, so you get the bronze medal. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, when this movie came out, there was a there was a TV advertisement uh, that quoted some critics saying it's hilarious. Um, that critic, of course, <laughs> is me because the movie is Missing Link featuring one Zoe Saldana. Correct. Oh, Congratulations. Wow. Aaron, you're the king of so and so and something, something into something, something. <laughs> Thank you. I was uh, my, my tiebreaker. I was looking up some uh, Joel David Moore classics. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you guys missed out on that. Well, Brandon, thank you very much for hosting these games for us. This was I loved it. This, this was, was great. Very fun. <laughs> We're gonna get off now and get to our review of, right. of a movie here. But um, you have a good. You have yourself a good. Actually, before you go, where can people find more of your work online? Oh, BrandonPeterShow.com. Uh, you find me uh, at Brandon4KUHD on uh, Twitter and Instagram and. <laughs> Wherever uh, the winner of the I, I don't like Twitter anymore battle um, is, I'm currently <laughs> on Mastodon, but I'm not signing up for 80 things right now. I'll just wait to see what happens. Um, find me there. And uh, always, as always, written work at whysoblue.com. Thank right, you. Well, this Brandon has been Peters, fun. Great. Yes. Thank you for, for, for chopping on here to, to join us for a little bit. And we'll uh, we'll hear from you next time. This has been Games. Okay. See ya. All right. Now that the games have unfolded and winners have been revealed, let's get to our main review for Avatar, colon, The Way of Water. We cannot let you bring your war here. Outcast. That's all they see. I see you. The Way of Water connects all things. Before your birth, and after your death. This is our home! I need you. 
with me. And I need you to be strong. Okay, that should have been some of the trailer for Avatar The Way of Water. 13 years ago, James Cameron released his first major theatrical film since Titanic. Avatar was a costly epic adventure introducing an entirely new world to audiences and in 3D. The results? Well, it didn't make some of the money. It made all of the money. (laughs) It also earned strong reviews, many awards, including nine Oscar noms and three wins, and a legacy that somehow came into question over the years despite meeting the requirements for any measure of success, which includes a a constantly packed theme park land in Orlando. Now we have the first of several sequels, The Way of Water, which finds Cameron exploring Pandora from a new angle. Following the events of the first film, while peace emerged, it was not to last, as the humans have returned with more firepower and a revived Colonel Korich, now in the body of a Navi avatar. Jake Sully, Natiri, and their four kids make their way to another part of Pandora for safety. Now living among the Reef people, the Sully clan will have to adapt to their ways, which means exploring the oceans of Pandora, all while the danger of humans lurks beyond the horizon. I'm going to go to the sky people. Yes. I'm going to go to you, Ali. First, where were you with Avatar? What did you think of this sequel? I um, was, I've been thinking about those two questions a lot since seeing this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really enjoyed the first movie a lot. I think I saw it in theaters three or four times and I, I saw it in like every 3d permutation I could like IMAX 3d, Normal 3D, I don't know, maybe there was another 3D. And um, I was, I really, when I first saw it, w- what what captivated me was seeing something I had not seen before. Um, when I saw Terminator 2 for the first time, it, it so gave me that exact same feeling. And I've only had that feeling a few times in my life. I think Terminator 2, Jurassic Park, Avatar, these are all like definitive m- moments where, visual effects had had changed and had taken this big leap forward so i i loved the original even though the story and the characters i think we could critique it um just from a cinematic experience it it made me believe that we were in for this new era of cinema and then that era hasn't really happened i mean to some i guess motion capture we've seen some great performances since 3D has sort of fizzled out. I don't think anyone, maybe besides Hugo, I haven't seen a 3D film that really captivated me the way Avatar did. So um, that was my experience with Avatar 1. And my experience with Avatar 2 is roughly the same-ish. It's, um, and I think that's how most people are going to feel. If you if you loved Avatar 1, you're probably going to love Avatar 2. If you were lukewarm on it, you're probably going to be lukewarm here. But that's where my head's at. All right. Peter, I want to hear from you. Where are you with the the, the Avatar universe as of now? I was, a, I, you know, I grew up a huge fan of uh, James Cameron. Um, I pretty much lo- love all his movies. You know, I mean, like some better than others, but I, gen- I mean, not including Piranha, Piranha 2. Two but, right. Two. I mean, but I, I, I really like <laughs> The Abyss. I really like True Lies, you know, and of course I love the big ones. Um... I was really nervous about Avatar because the trailers did nothing for me. And then I saw it in 3D and the 3D was incredible. You know, the best 3D I had ever seen until 
weigh the water. But yes, I still was not very into the story or the characters. And I also thought that one of the things I love about James Cameron way more than what we'd seen in the last, well, now in this past decade with like Marvel movies is like, he is so good at staging action. Mm -hmm. Like you never get lost, you know, your heart gets pumping and I have not seen the original avatar in forever, but I honestly can't tell you a big memorable action scene from the first avatar. Again, I'm not saying the action scenes are lame or anything, but for some reason, like, you know, like Arnold driving down the LA river and, you know, on a motorcycle in a semi, like, I mean, I can't think of anything in avatar that is like that. It was a weird movie that like, I wanted to love it because I love James Cameron. And I thought it was, I, I guess as the years has gone by, I had to say like, I guess it's just, okay like of course i still think it's a thumbs up or whatever because of the craft um but i never really i never really took to pandora so i was i was kind of nervous about the way of the water because i was like even if it's good i just don't know if pandora is for me and so that's kind of where i was so what'd you think of this film oh we're diving right in okay um I really liked it. Um, I still, Avatar, the world of Pandora is still not my favorite, but I thought pretty much, I think the movie is base, is pretty superior in probably nearly every way. I mean, the only way it's not really superior is you could kind of make an argument that like, it really is, a, it really is a tale about fathers and sons. That's not necessarily a bad thing. But characters like, uh, is Natiri, is that Zoe Daldana? Yeah. Yep. Like her character is kind of sidelined. She doesn't really have much to do. She does have a kick-ass scene near the end. But I mean, like, I guess you could argue maybe that stuff's not as good. But pretty much on pretty much every other measuring stick, I think this new film is uh, pretty superior. And then the last thing I want to say, because I want to hear what you guys think, is that I'd gone into Way of the Water thinking, okay, well... Cameron is has been a master of sequels you know he took you know he had nothing to do with Alien and then he did something with Aliens that was so different than what the first film was and then with Terminator he which you know was his film in Terminator 2, he kind of flips the script it's like oh you know you think Arnold's the bad guy he's the good guy you think the cop the guy who looks like Michael Bean, he's actually the bad guy. And you think Sarah Connor is, a, you know, kind of like a simpering wallflower. She actually kicks ass now. Like, and so I was like, okay, with Way of the Water, the Way of Water, can he do that? Can he somehow flip the script again? And he kind of did. <laughs> like, like in ways he, he kind of did, which I, I want to like discuss and everything. So um i don't know if i'm gonna see i don't know how many times i'm gonna see this in the theater although i think that's the best way to see this in its premium 3d um but i i really in, enjoyed it i i i really liked it peter the uh flipping the the script that you're talking about um the advertising campaign for t2 was so freaking good yeah it, it just it made you it it, it reinforced every preconceived notion you had based on terminator one 
like the reveal in the mall of Arnold right. being a good guy was this jaw dropping moment in the theater that yep. would never happen today. Never. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So much, so much. So, but I would say, I think that they, I mean, in a way they sort of, they sort of flipped the script with Stephen Lang's character. Not that he's, he is not a good guy, but visually because he is, he, he is now an avatar, you know, he's in an, an avatar body, he's an, an, an AV. That is kind of an interesting visual flip. And of course his character has more emotional stuff that's going on than he did in the first film. So I, I would agree that I would. way. I think he did sort of, sort of flip would, the script. I would say flipping the script comes down to adding more complexity to each of the characters as far as, well, we've yeah. already introduced everything via this origin story for the world of Pandora. And now we can dive in, which is exactly what I was hoping for with the way of water. Me I'm too. A, yeah. I'm a big fan of avatar. I think avatar is a great accomplishment um, from a technical standpoint, obviously, but just from like an emotional standpoint, like a movie like that doesn't become the biggest movie ever because it had great effects and nothing else going for it. I do think when you're in the moment watching Avatar, something I've done a couple times recently because I watched it in theaters again during the re-release and we just do the commentary track for it. I think in the moment, it's easy to see why an audience around the world would get caught up in this thing because it it, t it takes you in. Like It's a movie that Cameron knows what he's doing as far as inviting an audience to see something that's full of wonder and sights you just haven't seen presented in a certain way before and just capture that level of imagination like whether or not it's you know sticking to you in the same way that other movies do outside of the you know giant IMAX 3D experience that's you know that that is what it is but I do think it captured a lot of attentions in the right kinds of ways that extended beyond just oh that looks nice so with this sequel like it seems like you know there's a there's going to be an increase in technology sure because that's just time and that's what development and everything is to allow for, you know, new iterations of stuff that we already saw can look great, look even better somehow. But it's like, well, so what else can he do? And it's, well, you're going to double down on the ideas introduced and the characters or what have you for the sake of making that even you know more complex and providing something of more interest that extends beyond just now this looks good in this in the oceans um and that is what i think the accomplishment is here i think in addition to all of the technical things that we can get into as far as the look and the design and everything about this i do think like the 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 journey we're going on is even more compelling because there is a a, a concerted effort to improve upon the thing that was remarked upon the most the first time around, which is, yes, having a fairly standard story and fairly boilerplate characters. Now we have someone like Sam Worthington, an actor who at the time, yeah, didn't get the highest regard because he's playing a pretty simple jarhead. Now he's a father with children and has to make very tough, tough decisions at times or like what you know, have the weight of his decisions mean something. And that applies to many of the people that we're seeing here. And I really appreciated all of that. Like, there is so much here to be wowed by as far as the technical wizardry on display, because I just don't, I don't know how you do this. <laughs> like, this, the <laughs> Cameron has said, no other director can do what I'm doing. I, I have to believe him when he says that. Like, I don't, you know, there's no blockbuster that I've seen that matches this level of stuff that's coming at you in the way that it's coming at you, no matter how much fun I have with the various Marvel movies, some of the DC movies and other blockbusters that have gone, you know, Nolan stuff, stuff that's come along in recent years. 
I don't see things that are like Avatar. <laughs> like it just he just he's just doing this, you know, in a way that just feels entirely unto itself, which is a great example of a tour theory in effect. But I mean, it's 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 pretty magical to like watch this unfold and just be this enraptured in a place that I just don't you know haven't seen before. That's so much that I appreciate about Avatar is the fact that he's creating a universe from the ground up. You know, there's no other IP here. There's there's just I have an idea for a new world, and I'm going to expand upon that in all the ways I choose to. Whether or not you embrace the idea of Pandora, you know, okay. I really enjoy it. I I look forward to more of these sequels because we've only seen a you know oceans and forests so far in Pandora. It's a big planet or a moon. Cool. Let's let's see what else you got because you keep wowing me uh, with the stuff on display here. I want to keep talking about it between all of us. I'll just note uh, as far as the you know like the action side of things go. You know, Peter, you noted that. The first film you can't say has any, you can't remember like action scenes from that first movie. That's fair. I can, but that's me. But I would argue, I think it's partially at least because Avatar, I don't really see them as action movies. They certainly have action in them, but they're like, well, this one really does. This one has, I mean, you've, for one thing, we've all just seen it. So it's going to stick in our mind a lot more. Well, that's true. But I'd also say, these movies are more, these are like adventure epics more than action movies. I mean, this is a three hour movie, this new one. There, the action's at the end, and there's some scattered pieces, but a good majority of this movie is just about hanging out in the ocean. Like, there's yeah, the, not true. The, <laughs> the action for both movies is um, the highlight of the action are those sort of learning sequences, like the, the learning to fly sequence. And, sure. and the first Avatar was really spectacular, and we have a lot more of those here. Um, I mean, this is fascinating to me because I I agree with pretty much everything you all have said, and I didn't like the movie. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I I, I really um, I agree with with everything you all are saying. I I I think it for me it it leans to um, there's there's three things happening. One is it mm-hmm. it felt more like a doubling down rather than um go, like widening the universe a bit more which is something that i was hoping for um you know we have our learning to fly sequence which i love from the first avatar and here it's it's much more about learning to swim and learning to hold your breath and um and yes we have the same villain um a little bit different like we were kind of talking about with stephen lang's character but uh, as i was watching it I was like, well, they're kind of doing the same thing here, but you know, there's not going to be another unobtainium scene, right? And then there's another unobtainium scene. Um, so those kind of moments took me out of it. At the same time, I was captivated by it. I was captivated by by everything that was happening underwater. The first time you do go underwater, and I, I saw it in Dolby 3D. The first time you're down in there is, uh, I think, one of those jaw-dropping moments where I, 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 I could not look away, and I felt like the same way I felt when I'd seen Avatar One, which is I'm experiencing something new and different that I haven't seen before. Uh, so I, I absolutely love that. But this is something I don't want to get too technical too soon. But it's hard to talk about these movies and not talk about the technical side. But I want to talk about frame rate. Because that was something that was uh, I was having a hard time with, not like 
the Hobbit where uh, some people supposedly got nauseous. I didn't never had that effect with Hobbit. I just didn't like the way it looked. But um, that the variable frame rate was something that made the movie at some point seem a little um, a little jarring because I kept noticing it. I would I would get into the high frame rate. I'm like, okay, it doesn't look like a video game anymore. It, it, it's it's different thing. And then at at other points in the movie, I would be seeing a slower frame rate, and that just kind of that was very jarring for me. So, love to hear your your thoughts on that. I um, I've had a lot of battles with myself about frame rate, about high frame rate usage, because like in theory, this should work for me. Like as far as like the idea of experimenting with something that doesn't need to, you know, that by raising something that didn't need to be a norm to begin with, it just became one. There's so much opportunity there, I feel like, to explore that in interesting ways with the various movies that we've gotten out of it, whether it's, yes, these Hobbit movies, whatever Ang Lee's up to, or now James Cameron. And I just, for the most part, haven't, like, it just doesn't process in my mind the right way. It just feels like I'm, you mentioned video game. I mean, yes, that, or like any number, like soap opera I've heard described a lot of times. Like, it's just this kind of hyper real thing that just doesn't quite catch me in the right way. I yeah, do, I, I, I I agree. I um mm. I love I'm a big video game. I play a lot of video games and frame rate in this generation is is really what you know upped. You know, you have 60 frames, 120 frames. And I I I think maybe the, the best way I can describe it is that the reason frame rate is so important with the future of video games or things that are interactive is because you want your player to be able to control how they pan and how crisp and clean all of that is. But for some reason in passive entertainment, in a movie or a show, it still feels like that weird video thing. It, I don't know what it, I'm, even if it's better, it's, it's like, well, no, this still looks better than like, you know, the video thing of like, you know, five years ago, or whatever. It is still distracting. I don't know what it is, but in a game, I absolutely want the fastest frame possible because I want to be able to move at the speed I want. And that's so important to me. I don't know. It's weird. Like, I, but yeah. So, so I'll note with this all in mind, I do think the way of, I'm not going to say it's the best or perfect use, but I do think it might be the best use I've seen in a major motion picture. Probably. Because, I because I do think Cameron just gets this better. Yeah. Like I do, I still think that these directors are seeing something that we're just not seeing as far as why they think this is the way to go when it comes to him or Peter Jackson or Ang Lee. I think they're just, whatever, you know, is in their head as filmmakers, we don't have that. So I, I just don't think that we're processing it the way that they seem to want us to. That said, I think because the way of water has weightless scenes taking place underwater, that's a great way to use that in a manner that doesn't distract you because it makes a level of mental sense that I don't know how to describe beyond just thinking my mind processes this the right way because there's nothing else restricting the body. So it would, it would move this way. Like it, the, it's not the underwater a, stuff works. It does. Yeah. And, yeah. But yes, it does come up above the surface as well. And it's, it's noticeable, noticeable in a way that I wouldn't say dragged me personally out of the experience of watching a movie, but certainly gives me to a point of like, I'm, I'm seeing a switch off between, you know, what I expect visually versus what I don't expect. And that 
it can affect the viewing. I can I can see that doesn't. Yeah, it it seems incredibly subjective. Like uh, I was watching the um sixty frames per second um scenes from Gemini Man, mm-hmm. and um as is my favorite hobby from time to time, I was looking at the comments section and the comments were wildly all over the place from saying some of the things like you were saying, Aaron, about feeling video gamey or soap opera-y. And then other folks were saying, I love how realistic this is. I'm just in it. It's it's so absorbing to me. For me personally, 60 frames per second kind of takes some of the magic away. Um, it, it, it's really hard to do that. Well, to the, to do the movie making magic like fist punching and motorcycle driving just doesn't the motorcycle driving looks like slower the fist pump punching looks like will smith didn't actually like punch himself you know um and you're right james cameron is definitely using this better than most and i think the reason it works for underwater is it is this other world that we don't usually see we're not right we're not hanging out underwater most of the time um, where it was a problem for me, uh, not spoiling anything here, but the, the last hour of the movie, a lot of it is there's there's things happening underwater, there's things happening above water, and then there's things sort of happening in both. And it just felt like as I was watching it, I was seeing different frame rates, and that part of it was jarring for me. See, I can't say it because like, I was so into just the, the craziness of this action, like just how well assembled it was from a I have to balance all of these different characters and places in my mind and Cameron's the guy that knows how to do that like it just wasn't hitting me at that point because it's this mix of these you know these dragon creatures and mechs and subs and giant ships and things where I'm just I'm so in awe of all of that spectacle where I'm like fine whatever with the frame rate right I don't, it's not it's not taking me out I'm just like so yes give me all of this what 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 format did you what theater format did you both I've see seen it in? twice in IMAX 3D at this point okay yeah, with, that's with, why I saw with, it. with HFR so I'm curious so I I kind of want to see it in IMAX 3D then I saw it in Dolby 3D and there were points where it just uh, when it was showing me 24 frames per second it, it looked really choppy and I um, I saw it with my 12-year-old nephew, and he described it as uh, it's like watching a YouTube video at 4K and then like it's buffering because your internet has gone out and it's just it looks really choppy. And See, that's something I back. hear you. That's something I just didn't experience watching it. Oh, I, I definitely. Watched. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, you saw mentioned it. that, too, but I just I, I can't yeah, I say I spotted this. <laughs> It was definitely something I noticed, but only a few times, like yeah. it, when, when they would switch. And it reminded me of when I'm playing a game and then the frame rate starts chugging and it gets it gets below 30 frames. And you're like, oh, this looks awkward or whatever. But really, we're, ta- we're only talking a few seconds. It's right. not it wasn't like a whole scene or something. So, no, it was never a whole scene. It was only a few seconds. But it is like one of the most annoying things that happens when you play a video game. right? It is. Like- well, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is. so. We've talked sufficiently, I think, about HFR at this point. And I want to get back to, Ali, where you're coming from as far as saying you didn't like this movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I felt like it, a, a lot of the story was following the same structure as um, as the first one. And I was, uh, I, I was again, I'm, I'm really conflicted here because I, I love the children. Um, Sigourney yeah, Weaver's like character. Yeah, they're they're great, and that was that was a real highlight here. I, I agree with you. I think Peter, you were saying how Zoe Saldana's character didn't really have as much to do. I totally agree with that. 
Um, I see. I don't see that as like a flaw when the narrative focus is very clearly on the children. You're right. Where she's the she's the star of the first movie. Like Worthington's there, but like she's the the she's clearly the highlight character with the most development. So it's like I'm not going to mind if she, especially when we know that there's more sequels coming, if she's taking a bit of a sideline so we can introduce these new characters that are clearly the focus. Especially like what it's basically a legacy sequel where it's yeah you don't. You know, Han isn't the main character of Force Awakens. It's the new people, right? That's what this movie's doing. That's true. That's true. Um, well, I want to ask you, though, um, Ali, like, one of the things I was talking to, I was talking earlier uh, with a friend of mine about, he, he had rewatched Avatar. He hadn't seen the new one yet. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that he thought that, that, that he, the one takeaway for him is that, like, you know, in the last 13 years, obviously, Zack Snyder, Michael Bay, Christopher Nolan, uh, even uh, Macquarie, like these are filmmakers that have a high level of craft and they make their movies in their own way with their storytelling and their themes. And the thing that my friend was saying is that like, what's so weird is that when we think of James Cameron, of course, we think of his technique, like George Lucas too, another one. We think of like the craft in these like breaking barriers, you know, breaking new ground with technology, making new cameras and doing all this kind of stuff. But what's kind of interesting about Cameron, and I guess it makes him sort of old school compared to someone like Nolan or Snyder or even Bay to a degree, is that like everything that happens in his movies, even if it's those crazy effects, it's always in service of the story. Mm-hmm. Like, McQuarrie, you know, I love the Mission Impossible movies, but, you know, he and Tom Cruise were on record to saying that, like, they designed those movies around set pieces. They're yeah. like, all right, Cruise is going to do this yeah. crazy stunt. Yeah. What how what is what is Ethan Hunt doing to get him to this situation? I don't feel that way with Cameron. I feel like, no, he's made this world and he has these characters and he's just trying to figure out what is the best way I can execute this? And if it's and if I can't do it now, then I I have to invent technology to do it. And I think that's kind of a a unique thing about Cameron that I don't think it's very much a unique filmmakers thing. do. Yeah, who's yeah. the other filmmaker that's inventing technology to make their movie work? That is very well. Funny. I mean, I, I mean, guess Nolan probably no one yeah. probably does, right? I mean, he's not inventing that. He's certainly pushing stuff that he's exists. He's really to, pushing the. He's IMAX pushing things work. to their limits, which is yeah. great. There's nothing wrong with being ambitious, but I mean, Nolan's also churning out movies every three years. This is the first Cameron oh, movie true, in thirteen. <laughs> like he's, yeah, he's, he's 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 waiting in for time to catch up with his ideas. Correct. Like, right. I I agree. <laughs> I mean, I see. See, this is the thing that's so weird for me about about this movie. I, I agree one hundred percent with what you said, Peter. Um, I, I think the closest in my mind might be George Lucas and everyone he brought together with ILM and and those original yeah, yeah. movies. Um, I I I I don't. I don't want to I don't think it's my expectations going into this, but if we do talk about my expectations, the way of water, we all know how much James Cameron loves water. And yeah. like I was really expecting a little bit more of a of an expansion either on this underwater universe where I really feel like we're still in the like this the shallow end of the pool here of of this part of the universe we really haven't explored very far 
Um, and See, then I also, I, I want to know more about this because I don't, I don't understand that when you, when you, when you say that there's not more that we're getting from this thing. Like, I feel like there has been a whole expansion, be not be not just like doing it different, but this time with water. But in terms of like going deeper into like what Awa is and how the connection they have to the, the natural universe that exists there is, where you have literally a way like a space whale, the Turok, that's like a character in this movie as opposed to just an animal. It's like these people commune with the creatures in a way that they treat them like they're one. Like there's just weird stuff like, or even like the nature of grace, uh, his, her daughter, the Sigourney Weaver's the new characters he's playing and how this stuff works like that, that those feel like big expansions off of the stuff we've already seen, like going deeper into the ideas that were introduced in the first movie. That, I mean, I, first off, I love space whale, space whale <laughs> and um, Sigourney Weaver teenager are my favorite characters. That's how like Trump would describe this. Do you see space whale, space whale, man. <laughs> oh boy. Space whale's fantastic. I saw the biggest space whale. I talked to space um, whale. I had actually invented some of the language. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I, as, well, I, I enjoyed that character a lot and um, that was all fine and dandy. Uh, a lot of what you describe, I, I, I think, was in the first movie. Like, I, I was looking for a little bit more of what does James Cameron, what does he want to say about water, conservation, the oceans, these tribes and I didn't really see a lot more complexity there. Um, everything you just described, Aaron, I felt like was in the first movie to some degree. Um, different characters, different levels of, of, of depth of it, sure, but it, it felt uh, like everything was 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 there. I didn't see much new there. I mean, I see it's I see it's hitting on like similar just because these movies in general are always about you know, this environmentalist streak and, you know, we're saving the whales this time instead of deforestation issues or what have you. But that's like, that's like, you know, that's the the basic foundations that I just assume these movies are all going to be built around as far as, you know, colonization and, you know, the military industrial complex or whatnot, moving in on the natural lands or what have you, what the expansion I think is going into who these people are now in the years that we've we've since seen them I think that's the that's where the expansion's coming from like we well, have someone like Jake Sully who I think is much better as a character this time around because of the position this movie puts him in well and uh, this movie maybe because it's uh over three hours long I, I think it both succeeds and fails at what you're just describing it is succeed every time it's leaning into the children and some of the newer characters like uh -huh. the whale. Um, I, I think it's, it's really interesting. Um, even um, there's a lot of that. Yes, there is a lot of that. And, and, and it's, it's over three hours long. <laughs> um, there's a lot of everything here. Even the, the Marine, uh, the Marine biologist, I think is a, is a good example where um, it's a human and uh, it's a human character who I think shows some, complexity here kind of like spider does as well where their motivations are a bit more complicated um they're both contributing to uh some of the the problems on this planet as well as um trying to do some good you know i i, I thought those characters were kind of interesting all all the new characters in general seem seem compelling to me and also, I, I didn't get enough of all of that um, to make this movie something I, I really liked. I have further thoughts on that, but Peter, I want to hear from you because yeah, you're saying, Peter. like, after you've 
come away from Avatar being like, it's fine, essentially. And now you're coming into this film thing that you liked it more, but you're still saying that like the world of Pandora is not necessarily like your favorite thing you want to keep exploring. Is that coming based yeah, off like I the story like, being presented know, or? I think part of it is an aesthetic thing. I, you hate I just people. love science fiction <laughs> more than I do fantasy. And so Avatar is weird because I was like, well, they have spaceships and stuff. And there's the Avatar technology, but the world <clears throat> of Pandora is less technology-based. You know, they, they, like, you know, they're literally using like bow and arrows and stuff. And it's just, I just don't personally find that stuff as interesting. Um, however, what we've been saying, I really did like the kids. I, I really like the family. You know, I like the main kid that, there's a whole moment where he's kind of trying to get to know the bully kids from the other, from the water people and all that stuff. I was really engaged with, even though like, would I have liked it more if it was a, if it was more sci-fi probably, but I mean, like, it's fine. It's like, well, this is the world that Cameron is offering. Uh, and ever, the other thing too, is that I think it was, I think it's, a wise decision that again i haven't seen the first movie in a while but like this movie is mostly um navi like yeah there's Edie falco there's a few moments of like humans in a ship or whatever like but mm -hmm. like most of what we're i feel like 80 percent of what we're dealing with is the Navi, the different cultures, the, you know, the the water tribe, which is kind of, I think, kind of New Zealand-like and everything. Like, I... There's a lot of Maori so really influence on that. Board. Yeah, 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 more I, yeah, more uh, influence, and which I thought was pretty effective. Like... Um, Even the villains are Navi this time, I mean. Yeah, yeah, like, so I thought that that just worked a lot better, I guess, you know? Like, it's, I mean, it is weird because, like, Cameron is not, like... It's funny. I was just talking about like, um, it's it's weird. So much of I think that is when you're a, a, a film fan, you start to really appreciate filmmakers that are very subtle filmmakers that can can kind of like say a lot with a few with 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 a, with a, a composition or a few gestures that an actor makes or something. James Cameron is not really that kind of a director which is why i think a lot of people are like oh his dialogue is really clunky and and everything and it's just like well he's just very earnest you know what's funny about and, that real quick with the dialogue well like, i just you know i don't necessarily think it's bad no, but I, mean, I don't, like, I don't, I don't i'm not saying just, anything bad either okay. but i just i've heard that a lot lately as far and like when avatar came out too as far as like cameron's never been great at dialogue and meanwhile i'm thinking this guy has like five movies at all or like some of the most quotable movies you've yeah, ever seen. that's <laughs> like, true <laughs> i see like, you how, how I bad see is he you. at dialogue if you're constantly quoting terminator or aliens or true Lo i mean there's so, there's so much like wordage that is very common knowledge amongst pop for pop culture based off of his films alone and yet he's also apparently a terrible screenwriter uh like he's doing something right i feel like no no i no i totally agree I think it is, I think it's the combination of the earnestness and that he really, I don't think Cameron minds if his characters can say something that can be a little silly or what we would think of as cheesy. I don't mm -hmm. think he cares like about that. He doesn't, he's so different than the landscape we're in now, which, you know, Marvel movies and a lot of snark. And again, I like those movies too, but I mean, it's just a very different thing. 
Um, but yes, with those kids, I, I really like the family and actually I've always been kind of eh on Sam Worthington. Uh, but I like him, uh, in this, I think he, yes, I think he works well. I mean, pretty much every character, like, and I'm curious cause Ali, you said you didn't even like this as much, but like, mm. like Stephen Lang's character, like, I really didn't think much of him in the first one. I was just like, yeah, he's just a jerk and whatever. In this, it's not just the spider father son. It's not just that. It's like there's something that Lang is kind of relishing in, in his kind of like, he's not, he's not mustache twirling, but I mean, he is basically like, he's committed to his sense of like revenge and justice. And it's like, yep, that's what this guy's going to do or whatever. But like, you still believe, or at least I do, you still believe he's kind of a smart guy. Like, so that he might, you know, there's a moment in the movie where they might just kill a lot of indigenous people uh, or indigenous Navi. And he doesn't. And there's, there are moments in there where I'm like, okay, what is he thinking? Why is he making this decision and stuff? And I like that. I like that like Aaron had said earlier, the characters, it's like Cameron is taking what he had set up in the first one. And now he's kind of like making them a little deeper and stuff. But on the other end, and I'll let you guys, I'll let you guys talk. I do sort of see what Ali is saying. Maybe structurally, it is still an Avatar movie. So it's like you had the flying stuff in the first one. Now you have the underwater stuff. And, and so in that way, I sort of see what he's saying that it's like, is it an expansion or is it more of like a sideways, like this is just a different bird? I, I sort of see what he's saying. Am I getting that right, Ali? Yeah, 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 you are. And um, just a couple things to to pick up on, um, Peter. I, I think the the way I see um, James Cameron's scripts is I think they're, they're simple. The dialogue he writes is simple. And I think that's good. Um, yeah. it, it makes them very universal. I, I think it's right. one- like that's one of the reasons why Avatar was so successful. And you go before that Titanic was so successful. Um, you don't, you know, what's the old Mark Twain quote? You don't need, don't use a 10 cent word when you, you know, when a five cent word works, I'm butchering it, but um, you can, um, the more simple you write, the more universal I think it is. So I'm, I'm all on board with how he, how he writes his characters. That's, that's cool with me. I think what um, I was thinking a lot about the recent Planet of the Apes movies as a comparison, um, which they are, you know, the the, writers, yeah, they share right. So there's that's one one parallel here. Um, The second parallel here is the heavy use of motion capture. And um, if I'm remembering it right, they all pretty much came out after Pandora. So they're probably benefiting from the advancements in technology that, sure. that uh, came from Avatar. And um, I love all, all three of those movies. Um, my love increases with each one. Um, but w- one of my favorites was uh, the middle one. Uh, I think Rise. Dawn is, of the Planet of the Apes. Dawn is a middle, right. Yeah. And what was so interesting about, about that movie was that central conflict between Caesar and um his Yoda. buddy Aaron do you remember it's a uh, Hoba yeah yeah and in that movie it's you spend so much time with the apes and you really get to know their culture their society how it functions 
and um, the the diversity of thought and perspective in those in that tribe. And I was looking for something similar here, where we were going to see either Jake really go on a journey here um, and and see more of a of a real sophisticated understanding of the Navi people. Um, and what we get is more what feels like we got in Avatar 1, which is us, um, the, the main characters are sort of our view into this new tribe and understanding this tribe. And this tribe doesn't really have very different beliefs about Awa. Um, it, it just, they, they kind of believe and see things the same. Uh, they have different skills because they didn't live in the forest. Um, they like to make fun of these kids for being human. Um, but beyond that, hybrids. we're not really seeing hybrids. Hybrids, right, right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, half human. Um, beyond that, we're not seeing that uh, a deepening understanding of the culture of the Navi people. That's, I think that's what was really missing for me. And that's what I was looking for here with with the second Avatar. I mean, I guess I just feel like you're underselling what it is expanding on, or at least you're like it's just not hitting you in the way it hit me. Where like if I if I look at like you know movies about you know varying groups of humans, I don't necessarily need to do know more about how humankind works. It's like it's human, I get it. But like in this a movie like this, it's like yeah, I don't need to necessarily see how what else Navi how they work because like i get that from the first film as far as they have their braids and they have tails and what have you but i do think that the the you know understanding the reef people i think it's more than just again this time but with water i do think there's a lot to, to be gained from how this tribe works and why they're at the reef and their connection with the whale creatures and like what they do when they bury their dead or how they you know they don't have a great tree so they have this underwater <laughs> plant system that they connect to and what that like I like all of that those details and things they just feel like they're being presented to me in such a way where I'm just enthralled by all this like the middle hour of this movie is all of this stuff where if it feels familiar as far as a plot from a plotting perspective goes like that's not a hard buy-in for me if I'm still getting stuff that I just haven't seen before which I haven't I mean it's you mentioned Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and I, I would agree. It's like I knew there was the same writers going in, and I would agree that it's similar in that regard. With the only difference being that that movie still focuses on Caesar, where this movie does shift its focus away from Jake and into the kids. But I, I mean, that just feels like I'm getting a different sort of opportunity and perspective that I can also embrace because I don't know these kids. I'm learning about these kids yeah. for the first time, and like, and even then, when I do go to Jake. Again, like I feel like there's such a strong turn here from Worthington, an actor who, yes, like I, I, as I mentioned, Peter, like it's not, it's not that I like, you know, stand behind him and think he's just great. It's just more of he seems reliable enough. But in this movie, thirteen years after Avatar, he just seems like a stronger actor, and I do think he has a lot of good beats to play off of that delve into like what he's going up against with 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 Quaritch, how he is as a father what it means to him to be like this husband who's half human still like I just there's just all this stuff here where I I can look at this and be like look at all these pieces that he's fitted together in this movie to <laughs> to like yes wrap around a formal narrative but still give me 
all of this stuff that just looks different from other blockbusters. It, it's, it, it has this earnest quality that I enjoy as opposed to just more of the same with different jokes. So I, I, I think this is helping me a lot. This is this is good therapy for me. Because um, <laughs> Aaron, I, I, I completely agree uh, regarding Sam Worthington. I, I think he does a great job and is um, he's aged well in terms of his role in this movie. He's an older actor and uh, he's doing a great job here playing that role of a father. Um, I, I really love that turn for this character, and 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 that is an interesting development. I think what's going on here, and I, I agree with all the things you said, but I think the reason why they don't work on me as much is because of what Peter said earlier, and that is the look and feel of the movie. It doesn't, it just doesn't pull me in as much as it pulls other people. And people who love Avatar really love it, like really really love it they want to live in this world they want to be part of the society and i get it i've i've felt that way with with other things with other sci-fi um properties um but like peter the uh, while i think that's it's lush and beautiful and it's technically well done um the world isn't as compelling to me i don't necessarily you want, want cold hard out. metal with robe with mechs and blade runners <laughs> running around right is that what you need <laughs> just, just, Los Angeles, just steel 90. blue or just dark reds <laughs> just running through uh man you know uh, a couple of years ago or yeah a couple of years ago we had the blade runner red sky here in northern california i don't i don't need any more of that man that was that was rough um well, my again, I saw this with my nephew walking out of the theater. He's like, you know, what are we going to see next? Are we going to see like the Navi in the desert, or what? What climate are we going to go to? And I, I said, I'd love to see the Navi city. Like, I would love to see a real. Um, they they must have some like what's the equivalent of their Egyptian society or Aztec society. I mean, maybe like, we'll get it. Like, I'm excited, yeah, maybe we'll I'm get excited it. for that too. There's four of these things coming. Like, why would we not get something like that? <laughs> the big moon. It's not going to, Cameron's too smart for this. It's not just to be like, hey, what if we had more forests? Like he's going to do something else. <laughs> um, I, 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 We've been talking a lot about like narrative and story a lot. And there's, I feel a lot of other things to cover <laughs> still in this thing. Um, so it's I mean, a big movie. And I don't want to just casually say, yeah, the technical stuff is good. Let's talk about that a little bit because it's more than just, oh yeah, it's pretty good. This movie is insane. Can we, like, at least it, we can all agree on that, right? Like the fact that oh, yeah. somehow the first movie looked incredible at the time and still looks better than most things that come out now and how somehow the sequel tops that. Like that That's fair. Is that, am I correct in saying that? Can we elaborate up why that's true? Yeah, I agree. I, I agree completely. Um, James Cameron's had had some words to say about the Marvel universe, and it's it's funny because now they they have the same boss, right? Um, but what what I do love about the visual effects here compared to Mar the Marvel films is it is so lush, it is so vivid, it is so bright, and um, the CG looks 
amazing. I, I buy it. I believe it. At no point am I thinking, oh, that's like a body. That's just a CG body double cut right over there. Like, that's not actually Spider-Man. Like, Tom Holland is not in that suit. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I buy it. I believe it. And it's, um, it's so vivid. Like, I, I, that's something I, I really, some of the, some Marvel movies are, are better than others, but, you know, Marvel can have that sort of uh, duller uh, color balance yeah. in, in their films. And that's just not, there's nothing dull. There's nothing dull about uh, The Way of Water. And I, I don't know how your guys' presentation was, but mine was crystal clear. Like, there was no, like, oh, it's 3D, so it's darker. Like, this movie looked insanely gorgeous as far as the the brightness of this thing. Like, as if Cameron's, like, standing behind every protectionist in America and the world right now and being like, do this or else, um, and making sure everything's as bright as possible because it just looks so vivid, I guess, and especially once you're getting to these under the sea sequences under the sea uh where you have these these <laughs> sea creatures you've never seen before and these things breathe and like just being introduced to these random jellyfish things that make help people breathe like it's just it, it it's wild it's what and like to think that these are actors that are underwater <laughs> that are doing the work to emote and have those performances captured in <laughs> these these ways that are you know, effective and make you believe in all of this stuff where I'm not sitting here thinking about some guy in a mocap suit doing this, but just thinking, yeah, that's just a Navi character that they have lying around doing all this work. What I, I thought was really cool here is uh, it's it's been a long time since I've seen a 3D film in the theater. Um, I, I whenever given the option, I tend not to go to the 3D movie. Um, and part of the reason is because of how how dark they looked. Um, but this film does not have that at all with the 3d glasses on. It still felt very bright. Like you were saying, Aaron, I think the original felt that way too, when I yes. first saw it, or, or maybe I just wasn't used to the, the, the kind of darkening of it, but, um, it looks, this is the best 3d I have seen since Hugo and avatar one. Peter, what say you on all of this technical amazement? No, yeah, for sure. Like, I haven't, I feel like we were in that phase of the 3D movies and then they dropped off and like, I hadn't really experienced the 3D thing in a while. Although, here's a weird side note. <laughs> um, in LA right now, there's this thing called the Stranger Things Experience. It's in uh, Montebello. And You're I was saying that there's up. something strange in your neighborhood right now? No, it's like the show, the strange, you know. Um, and okay. there's Jesus a moment Christ. at the end of the Stranger Things, <laughs> the Stranger Things experience where it, it is, they give you 3D glasses and you're in this area and it's basically this big 3D forest thing with the, what are the bad guys in Stranger Things called? The Demogorgons. The Demogorgons and everything. <laughs> and it was pretty impressive. I was like, whoa, this is pretty good 3D. I was like, this is uh, not bad, man. I mean, like, um, Avatar was better. Um, but it's just interesting to me because it's like I haven't really experienced the 3D thing in a while and the Stranger Things thing and then obviously this, you know, $400 million, you know, the way of water experience. I was like, man, the 3D is so, yeah, it's so bright. There were moments where I took, I had to take my glasses off because like, I think one of the lenses got fogged up and so I had to like clean it you're you're panting so hard at all the impressive right exactly yeah. and i remember <laughs> in the olden days like with movies that weren't cameron's avatar 
especially the ones that were like 3D converted. It's like you would put those, take the glasses off and you'd be like, oh my God, this screen is so much nice and brighter now without the stupid glasses on. But no, I mean, when I put the glasses back on, it was still very rich, like very crisp and everything. So yeah, very impressive with the 3D. Like it's just so immersive, you know? You mentioned the 3D conversion, Peter, and uh, half my trailers were in 3D, yeah. and it was uh, mostly the Marvel trailers were in were in 3D, yeah. and I was looking at it thinking this looks this looks horrible. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the format I'll be seeing this movie in. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and to roll in from uh, you know the Ant Man Quantum Mania and uh, Guardians Three trailer mm-hmm. um, that were 3D and then rolling into Avatar it was like night and day yeah it's a stunning um, difference which is sten- impressive for yeah <laughs> like it's it's the same thing conceptually the third dimension okay that's but like Cameron just gets it right it just well Cameron knows- just gets it and he and he shot in 3D. Right. Like well, that's, that, helped, that's, that obviously helps, too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, this is this is a very strange thing here, too. Like seeing Avatar 2 now after uh, we had the 2010s and we had all these movies experimenting with 3D and it it largely hasn't panned out either in the movie theaters or at home. We had that brief flirtation with 3D TVs. It's a little refreshing and sad to go to Avatar 2 and to see this beautiful view of 3D and to think what might have been if people really went all into it as as James Cameron did and as most other people did not and they just did the 3D conversions. I mean, it's not a new story that Hollywood learns like the wrong lessons and takes away the wrong (laughs) ideas of how to proceed forward. That said, I mean, a lot of it does come down to there's just not many filmmakers as good as James Cameron in doing certain things. So it's yeah, like, yeah. They, you know, if you're not going to invest, you, you might not need to invest like in the R&D because that's been done for you. But like you still don't have the means to just pick up on how to do this as well as someone like James Cameron. Who's, right. You know, the next to what Spielberg, the best blockbuster filmmaker currently working. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just he's on another level in that. Regard. Well, you kind of think like what would have happened had a different set of directors gone all 3D for the Star Wars sequel trilogy. You know, like what what could have happened if you threw all that money True. and 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 made those films very differently. That just reminded me that they were presented in 3D optionally, but um, yes, I get, I get what you're saying. There were <laughs> films that were construct, you know, Ryan Johnson wasn't being like all of this also I'm shooting it in 3D. It's just like, yeah, I guess Disney's right. going to do that. But the right. same time. Okay, so it's talking about like the effects and what have you. I mean, that does bring us to like this underwater world which we've already gotten into a little bit. That I mean, I've talked, I mentioned this already, but there is this like middle hour that is not really focused on forwarding a plot necessarily. It's more focused on just exploring the reef people and then introducing the whale character, you know, character and the whales and gently Turks in this thing and giving us like the life here. Um, I'm curious, Peter, like, did you, you know, this is a three hour movie. and where you have a lot of it that's not focused on action were you engaged by i mean you've already mentioned that like the fantasiness compared to the sci-fi-ness is less intriguing to you but in terms of i'm just sitting in a nature documentary did that you find that interesting in any way i did i um i think and i think it comes it's it's basically like the middle act i think it comes at the right time i mean i know people love to 
especially when someone loves a movie and the movie's three hours, they want to be like the three hour, it just flew by, you know, or whatever. And it's like, realistically, a three hour movie, it, it really shouldn't in a way. And I think that once we get to that underwater stuff, which is the middle hour and things slow down, you know, I think it's absolutely narratively necessary. Um, and I absolutely, because, because of, yes, because it is James Cameron and it's water. I was like, oh, we're falling now is the big water stuff and everything. And I was absolutely on board and everything. Like I was way more, if anything, I was a little bummed when we would have to like leave the kid and go back to what the bad guys are doing. And I'd be like, ah, we have to do this. Like, cause I, I just really liked seeing all of that. And I really, it's where when we're talking about the technology and you're right, my own aesthetic of what I like. It really is insane how good like everything looks, how like we just accept that these, these beans in front of us are not just actually not just the beans, because yes, technically I understand that like, even though the facial expressions are the best I've ever seen, I understand that like my mind is like, well, this isn't real because they're blue creatures or light blue creatures or whatever. But like, I do accept it, but even more so, I accept all those environments, uh -huh. like all of that water yeah. when he's like, he's underwater and he's grabbing like with the whale or whatever. And he's trying to, oh, the first time he's trying to hold his breath, like, can he do it and stuff? It, it's all so seamless and everything. And it's all like, wow, I am, I am absolutely believing all of this. And that's pretty amazing. Because it's you like know? he I mean, filmed it, this underwater and then had to replace all of this with stuff that isn't there. It's insane. Like, I, there's no, there's no, like, discernible logic to this beyond, Jesus, he just knows how to do this better than anybody. It's just, it's crazy. Right, <laughs> right, right. But, exactly. He's certainly like, spent enough time underwater to be able to pull it off. Aaron. That's right. But, and then the other, <laughs> the other thing to consider, and actually this is something I noted in the, in our commentary track, I think the weakest scenes visually in Avatar are when they're trying to blend humans and, Ab and Navi together, particularly when like yeah, yeah, Sigourney yeah, yeah. Weaver's character dies and they have her body like within the realm of Pandora. And it's like, this just doesn't like, it's not bad. It's just more of this feels lesser than the rest of stuff. Yeah. This, I movie, agree. Does, this movie does not have that problem. You have that right, little kid right, spider right, running right. around. There is no part of me. That's like the human and the Navi feel like they're in, you know, different locations or whatever. It just feels like, how did they get this kid to another planet? Like, I don't know. Like, there's no seam here. There's nothing that, like, makes me not believe that this kid isn't interacting with stuff. And yet nothing's there for him to interact with, which is actually, Aaron, that that is um, I haven't I haven't really heard that argument made. And that might be one of the biggest visual advancements that Avatar Way of Water is making. You're uh -huh. you're completely right. Um, I, I rewatched Avatar one in october or something i watched it at home but i watched um the hdr new uh release that disney plus has which is really beautiful if you oh, see yeah. it and nice it's it's gorgeous um but that that stuck out to me as well anytime you get humans in navi you're like this looks this looks fake like there but not spider is is probably a character we should talk about because spider does not only visually work, but um, narratively really worked for me. But before we get to that, one thing I want to say about the water, another area, see, 
I don't hate the movie. I just have I get yeah, I understand. I have that. complicated feelings here about it. I think one of the most interesting ideas here when you see it like 17 more times, I think you'll start to like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of that's a lot of 3D watching. Um the um, the whale creatures, which do any of us know the name of these these creatures? It's the it, it's um hold on. You'll you'll figure it out. I want to get um, it right. <laughs> you're gonna get it. Um, Tolkoons, the Tolkoons, of course. Yeah, uh, that uh, I loved everything about them. Um, and there's a point in the movie where um, someone says um, they might be the, the the most intelligent creatures on on this uh, on this moon. Yeah, right, on Pandora. They're the dolphins of Pandora. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're like. So not only are they sentient, not only do they have this complex social culture, but they might even have the most advanced brains yeah. on Pandora. Well, they're big. They're Yeah. <laughs> they well, they're not just bigger <laughs> brains, but more advanced brains, right? Like more more yeah. neurons, more connections. They're, more... they're Mila Jovovich in the fifth, fifth element. Right. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right. yeah. There we go. There we go. Now you got the right analogy there. Um and I think that that idea is a real interesting one, but there's so much stuff happening in the movie. You don't really sit on it or think up, think about it too much, but there's, there's some really interesting uh, animal rights slash Star Trek for the voyage home uh-huh. slash like uh, animal testing stuff there. You know, this, this bias that we have, this bipedal bias that, you have to be kind of walking and moving like a Navi or a human to be like real sentient life worth uh, protecting. That idea is challenged there in that scene. And um, I thought that was really interesting. And then that's something we could probably spend a lot more time like talking about, like, what does that mean? I, I, know, you're, yeah. I know you're pinpointing to an aspect of this movie, but that's what I see as as a whole, why this movie feels deeper and more interesting to me than the first one. Like that feels like a major component as far as, as and not just, you know, doing more, but differently as far as the sequel goes. That's fair. <laughs> it's <laughs> I do really like these told the told the concept of the Tolkoon. And and again, I like that the main one that we're dealing with, the one that bonds with the with one of the sons, is a character. Like it's like its own like yeah. arc. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's not just, you know, the pet animal. It's this thing that has a real like place in more so than other supporting characters in this movie. Like the 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 main Tolkoon has more to do than Jemaine Clement and Edie Falco combined in this movie. Which is also something Avatar 1 did not do. Avatar 1 didn't really give us an arc to a non-bipedal Right. Uh, yeah, you uh, just character. had dragons flying around or whatever, but it wasn't, right. you know, it wasn't like a character that's looking at you and speaking to you in actual dialogue like Kate Winslet does with that one whale. True. Um, uh, t- you know, talking more about the... Is like I can blend this in a number of ways because we can talk about this like this not detail specifically but the third act as far as it being this you know massive action sequence or whatnot but also again with the way the visuals come into play as far as blending the Navi and humans you know the nature and the technology like all of that stuff what I like about this big finale that you know by default is going to be a you know a giant action sequence that takes place in you know various locations or what have you 
is that compared to the first film and something I do like about it, but at the same time, I can also see why it why it doesn't feel like it's branching out necessarily, but more digging in is because for all that we're seeing as far as a chaotic action sequence go with, you know, two different forces coming at each other, it's very intimate where the first film is, you know, Pandora's rising against humans. Like it's a big epic battle as far as we got to get these people out of here. Where this movie, the motivation is more of one guy really wants to kill another guy. That's really what it comes down to. And there are (laughs) others involved in this. But because it's so centered on like a family struggle to get away from this guy, I I really liked how it kind of narrows that focus down. And it by in, in turn, by the time you're getting to pretty much a handful of characters interacting or fighting with each other in a location it's i found it to be very complex and emotional in a way that i can't say the same about the first film like it's certainly like you want certain things to happen because you want good guys to prevail but it's pretty basic where i think this film because it's narrowing down in a certain way and because you've grown to establish these various relationships on both sides I do, I found that to be, you know, not just satisfying on an action level, but like I was caught up in the emotion levels that are that Cameron clearly wants you to have as far as where this could go and what actually happens. Am I on the track with you guys as far as this goes? Does this, this make sense? Yes. Like it I think you yeah, hit the nail on the head there that like even though these are both pretty broad big war type stories, it definitely feels more I guess like that personal aspect of it, like makes it less broad, I guess. Um, because, because I guess, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like even though their thing is we need to do this and that's what Edie Falco, we got to get this done or whatever. That does feel more on the margins than it does in the first film. Again, yeah. I haven't seen the first film in like 13 years. But yeah. But yeah what that's what it's saying. Yeah. It's, there's, there's a very big goal in that first film compared to this where it's like, yeah, they're out there, but that's not the main focus of the movie. Right. I did sort of, it is weird though, because I really love the, uh, the I guess, yes, the Star Trek four whale uh, kind of stuff. I did really like that. And I really liked that the main one was like a character. Absolutely. I liked all that. I did sort of wish that the, the, the jerk guy who's basically the hunter, you know, so he's not really... <laughs> He's that he's not really part of the main army thing. He's more like a contractor. Like mm-hmm. I wish he was a little more compelling. It's like, yeah, he's not really much, you know, like, um, but that's fine. I'm mean, like, I like, I think Jermaine Clement is a nice contrast because he's clearly a more sympathetic person who has to work with this group. So I thought that balanced it out, but like, I don't know who the actor is that's being like the jerk hunter guy, but I was like, yeah, that, that part was okay. You know, but it's, you know, the quota guy. I got quotas. Yeah. <laughs> quotas. <laughs> I am here. And this is something that like, there's two things here. One, I, I do like that this film feels very standalone. Like, yes, we know there are more sequels coming, but this movie has a beginning, middle and end. Like it. it oh, you know, I love it. Wait, yeah. it how it, much it, spoilers are we talking? We don't need to get too, too far. Into spo- I mean, it's going to be one of the biggest. Well, I don't want to. Okay. Movies. I want to say too. Okay. I don't think this is a huge spoiler, but sure. I really liked that there is a moment near the end of the film where one character does what normally maybe in a Star Wars or in a Marvel movie would be like, you know, 
you've bested me so far, but wait till you see me next oh, time yeah, okay. like, yeah, type, yeah. type of thing. <laughs> and <laughs> the other character's like, let's just get this done now. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> By the way, you mentioned like, that. That's great. You and mentioned that. Like, that's, nope, we're doing this now. That's the I, kind I of that was great. That's the kind of stuff I think Sam Worthington's very good at, by the way. Like, he's not yes, a funny yes. actor, but I do think he knows how to sell those kinds of lines quite well. He does. He does. I agree. But uh, yeah, so, um, so I was like, yeah, I do think the movie works as a kind of standalone in itself. At the same time, I do think by having people like Jemaine Clement or again, having, you know, Zoe Saldana more on the sidelines or even like CCH Pounder or Joel David Moore, of all people, like I do think they're the fact that they exist in this universe. I like that the stuff, the, the like the layout is there for whatever adventures we see in sequels. I do think it's I guess I think it's doing stuff this effectively even like kate winslet or in cliff curtis's characters i do think they are they feel like seeds that have been planted but don't feel like distractions you know what i mean like they don't feel like just because they don't have a ton to do here it doesn't feel like i'm being like the it doesn't feel like i the, the movie's dragging down for me because it's doing building for something else it just feels like yeah they're just a right. part of this world does that make sense well and yeah it makes sense and and where it feels like it's building uh -huh. It does feel like it's there's a plan here. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 James Cameron wrote those four sequels. This is number one Two. sequel of, well, of yeah, the four? first the first it's the first of four sequels, yes. Yeah, so we have three more coming, guaranteed. Yes, correct. Um well, maybe guaranteed. We have a third one coming for sure because it's done. Essentially, <laughs> it has to be rendered, yeah. but it's made. And then yeah, the fourth and fourth is in like pre-pre-production, and the fifth is written. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. So there, there, there's a plan and it feels cohesive. Um, and I really do like that. And Aaron, to what you were talking about with that, uh, with that third act sequence, um, it did surprise me in, in some positive ways, as, as you all have mentioned. Um, one of the things that I thought was a little bit less distracting gets back to what Peter, you were saying with James Cameron being really good, um, good sense of, understanding of his space of where everything is is going on during action sequences i thought that towards the end i was i was a little confused i was like okay so wait where is everyone like there's a lot of water and there's it's, it's very abyssy in that moment where yeah. which i i love i love the look and feel of abyss and that, that ship sort of felt very much like the abyss and, and that was cool um, but I, I did have a little bit of a hard time understanding where everyone is and 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 where they need to get out of and, and all of that. So I'll give it just a little criticism there. But um, it that whole that whole sequence did surprise me with what the characters do. Agreed. What else <laughs> with this movie before we I really like Spider. We have a talk okay. About talk spider. about spider. Why do you like spider so much? I like spider. Um, spider His hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So visual effects we talked about. Spider works with with the Navi. Mm -hmm. Um, I I I love when this movie touches on other sci fi ideas. Uh huh. Uh, so there's a moment where um, we find out why Spider was left behind. It's because you can't put babies in in cryo sleep. I thought that was really cool. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, I like that right. Too. Yeah. See, Peter, you and I, we like the sci-fi <laughs> stuff. Put 
Mr. Cameron put more sci-fi stuff in. Like to be when clear, I see that... I'm not exactly Joe Fantasy over here. Like I do much prefer <laughs> sci-fi. I, I have problems with a lot of fantasy movies just because I don't connect. I mean, I'm probably the least fan of the, the Lord of the Rings between the three of us. And I like those movies quite a bit. But like, oh, that's, sure. It's not it's not my trilogy. I'll just put it that way. I mean, it's, 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 it's something I guess about Avatar is just working for me because of this blend of sci-fi and fantasy, but go on. I'm sorry. Well, I, I just, um, I, I think the, the character has a lot of these interesting touch points. Um, we spend a lot of time with him among the Navi in the beginning. And then we spend a lot of time with him and the humans later on. And it's just, um, it's interesting, um, you know, Sam Worthington's character kind of fulfilled the same role in the first movie, but um, it, it, Spider just seems to do it better, blending these different worlds together and, and being our, our vantage point here. Um, so I, I like that. Um, the other thing I want to say before I forget, I will um, let's, let's go on. Go for, go for I it. Do, yeah. I mean, what I agree, I agree with for one thing, I agree with you. Like he's, I wouldn't say I walked out of Way of Water being like, man, that was really cool. Also, Spider was my guy. But <laughs> <laughs> but I I do I do think the the relationship he shares in these movies between the children, excuse me, between the other kids and with Korich, I did find that stuff to be engaging. And I without delving too far into things i like the struggles that he's forced into based off who he is and what how yes. he connects to other characters when that becomes a real tension point uh, between people and i think the movie because we have so much work done to establish certain things those pay off in in, in ways that i do find uh you know to be effectively emotional uh, as well as proper setups for whatever this continued arc is going to be between him and Quaritch, for that matter. Well, and, and that's, yeah, I can't really get into it without spoiling. But um, there are things that happen to Spider and things that Spider does that do genuinely surprise me. I think Spider is a character through which some of the um, the bias and stereotypes between Navi and humans work themselves out. And that's done in a more sophisticated way than I think it was done in the first movie or, or is done elsewhere in, in Way of Water, um, particularly between uh, Spider and, and Zoe Saldana's character. Um, this is also a frustration I have of, of this movie is like, I don't know anyone's character names. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I know. am sort of like that too. Except right? for like, Spider, you're right. Yeah, you say Spider. That's another reason why I like Spider. But I mean, they say Jake Sully a lot. This is not a name I'm not familiar with. I'm sorry. But like, I, I know Jake Sully, and I, and then you know Natiri, and, and Quaritch is a weird name. That just sticks. I mean, maybe it's just my thing with names for movies like this. I could, I can say, I can't tell you any of the names of the kids. I agree there. Like I, I, I know which kids are which, but I can't tell you which one the older brother, what the older brother's name was versus the younger brother. True, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> Actually, Tuck. You the youngest one's Sigour Tuck. I know what that. What did you guys think of Sigourney Weaver? She's great. She's the MVP of this movie in my eyes, as far oh, as act, as far as acting acting goes, because it's like she's playing a fourteen year old, you know, little Navi girl, um, effectively. I, I don't know what that is like, but as far as like what it is to make this work, but somehow that's happening. So I guess uh, James Cameron just gets the best performances out of Sigourney Weaver. That's my takeaway. Well, I think Sigourney Weaver's good. I did. I feel like her voice is so specific that I was a little distracted 
in the beginning with her because I was like, well, this is a 70 year old woman playing a 14 year old. But then I just got got over it, I guess. I guess. But like I was because I was certainly curious about that, too, to the point of where I lost track because I was thinking, wait, so this is her. Like I had to convince myself this was her playing it because I was like, this is yeah, this is otherworldly to me as far as how this is supposed to work. And yet to me, it did work quite well. This is yeah, this is an area of the movie where everything completely worked for me. I I bought it. I never once thought I was seeing Sigourney Weaver. I was uh, I I enjoyed the character. I enjoyed all of her lines. I enjoyed her role. I enjoyed her arc. Um and it's it's interesting cuz I I didn't think it was going to work for me when I heard Sigourney Weaver is playing this teenage girl. It it didn't make much sense to me. And now having come out of Way of Water, this makes so much more sense to me than de-aging an actor like motion you know like it it just i just buy it and i can see actors doing this as opposed to playing a younger version of themselves through whatever and then cg so you're saying we need we need less um uh, younger versions of grand moff tarkin and more uh, mental transfers over into artificial bodies that should no, be- <laughs> Aaron. I'm saying we need more uh younger versions of Jar Jar Binks's. I guess I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Misa <laughs> people going through adolescence. I don't know. That's what we need. Great spider impression. Um, I think <laughs> we've covered uh, you know a ton about this movie. Uh, any other final thoughts before we wrap wrap up this review? Where would you guys rank it for Cameron? I think I'm in, in the middle of his stuff. You know, when I saw Avatar again, the first one, it was the kind of thing where I'm like, this movie to me is amazing. And yet I still only think it's like, you know, the fourth or fifth best James Cameron movie, which I think is a credit to yeah. how good his movies are. I like this more than the first Avatar um, but I still would say it's like, well, there's like two Terminators, a Titanic, and an alien. So I'd still say it's like fifth uh, for me. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, but I it, think somewhere in the middle. But uh, but I also think it blows most blockbusters I've seen in the past since Avatar out of the water. I mean, it just it just does it for me as far as what's possible in cinema, which I can't say the same. Like I. I might revisit others more just because well, for one thing about three hours. Um, I um, would say, but... wait, I would say um, if we're counting this as a blockbuster, I think Fury Road is better. Yes, I would. I would oh, agree. Sure. <laughs> I would, I would yeah. agree that the once in a lifetime movie that is by right. Fury Road. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best I'd be like, well, that was, de- that was after Avatar. Decade, so, yeah. I mean. <laughs> but like, that's such a you know a a small drop in a bucket full of you know blockbusters that do not stand up and will not stand up in the years to come where it's like yeah that one works amazingly (laughs) i agree that's that's by another director that doesn't make movies very often but when he does they leave an impact (laughs) right agreed i I think that's that's a great place to take this conversation is uh, if you if you compare this against the level of films we usually the the big tent poles we see uh-huh. that might be a, a fairer way uh, you know disney wants this to be a tent pole um if we compare it against that this is so refreshing it is 
so different and we can have these big conversations about it where uh, as a even as a marvel fanboy i i feel so much marvel fatigue and um it's it's just really nice to have such a um a big pandora sized palate cleanser every now and then I agree, and that's why I'm excited for more Avatar, because for one thing, I just don't know where this is going, but also, it's again a universe that does not exist outside of James Cameron and his writers are making this yeah. up. Yeah, that's That, to me, is the most kind of refreshing thing you can get in a great way, where none of this is here before they make this movie. Therefore, it's always going to be something new to some level as far as what other creatures we learn about what the other parts of pandora there are and it's just a moon there are other moons maybe they go to a different moon i don't know like it could be any number of things that i just i don't know what to expect but that excites me yeah for sure well said with all that in mind when should people go and see avatar the way in water the movie's currently playing in theaters and imax peter when should people see this movie oh i would say see it now and but just make sure you either see the IMAX presentation or like the Dolby Vision. I don't like, I mean, obviously I think we all agree 2D is out of the question, but yeah. like, I also think you pr- really try to get those premium tickets. Like it's, it's, it really is. Even though we argued a little about the high frame rate thing, I think it's still, that's, that's the way to go. Yeah. I completely agree with Peter. There's, there's, uh, I was talking to my neighbor about the movie and um, he, he's like, oh, so you didn't like it. And I'm like, well, I mean, yes and no. And he's like, so I should see it? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And he's like, well, okay, so, Oli, should I see it in the theater or should I just wait until I see it on the airplane? I'm like, no, you idiot. <laughs> Go see it in the theater. What the hell are you talking about? Like, if you are at all interested in seeing a filmmaker experiment with what's possible or you love being swept up in the the spectacle of a of a big movie you owe it to yourself to see it in the biggest premium 3D screen you can otherwise it's just like what are you doing there's no purpose don't wait for this to come out on Disney plus no yeah i agree yeah go see it now i i agree with that sentiment i obviously recommend seeing this in IMAX 3D it's the way it was meant to be seen i you know, it's a weird concession where it's like it'll still look great at home because it's a great looking movie. But that's not the way to experience this in this kind of right. events that we're in right now. As far as James Cameron just released the sequel to a movie thirteen years later, and he doesn't make movies very often. This is the if you like seeing movies, let alone big movies, see it. Like that's there's no there's no choice here. Is like you're a film fan seeing a person pioneering his way through an entirely new universe using the latest and greatest technology that he had a hand in inventing himself. Yeah, that's the that's the thing to go and do. That's that's the way to go. It's, it just works. Also, I just think the movie's awesome. <laughs> that's the other thing about this. Like, I, I'm so beyond just the fact that the spectacle's great. It is, but I just think the movie knows how to accomplish all it needs to as far as, hey, we're also improving upon things that you might have had issues with the first time around but well and and i don't think it is and i still think you should see it (laughs) just you know because it it is a you you cannot deny the um the the journey that you will go on as you as you watch this movie all right well we've talked a lot about avatar the way of water and now we only have 
one thing we have to do left, which is a little bit of out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Thank you. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. I asked a number of questions to the listeners and they gave some answers. Um, Peter, Ali, feel free to uh, throw in some answers if you have any as we go through these. Uh, first up here, what is your favorite James Cameron film? Scott writes, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Philip also writes, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. So I'll leave it now in front of the show. That's right. He writes Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And Chris writes, will always be <laughs> Aliens. Second best film ever made, in my daft opinion. Terminator 2 is the correct answer to that. <laughs> yeah. I think Terminator 2 is probably his best film, but I can't deny the movie that I, the Cameron movie that I watch every year is the first one. I watch the Terminator like every year. There's just something about that movie that. I love that it all takes place in one night. I love the looser mm. quality of it. Like I love what he does with a six, you know, six million dollar budget or whatever. But I mean, there's no denying Terminator Two is amazing or whatever. But it's almost like the Terminator, the first one is like comfort food for me. I've just seen it so many. It's like you know Brandon Peters watching Halloween or something. I've just seen it so many times. Brandon so Peters also prefers the first Terminator if that matters. But um... the the finale is so terrifying with yeah, the terminator it is you know and when it's coming at you right till the very end it won't stop it doesn't give up it's so good i i really like brad Videl's score in all those moments when it's oh yeah because it has it has to convince you that this stop motion terminator is death itself <laughs> like and i think the score is a big part of why that's so effective wait the score is what we didn't talk about with way of water um there's a reason yeah it's fine yeah, <laughs> like, it's, uh, yeah. I I would argue the same for James Horner, uh, R.I.P. Uh, his score in the first film, I think it's effective, but I don't think I'm, you know, like Titanic is an amazing score. Like Titanic is such, and it's very memorable, and it's very grandiose and fits for an epic, and it lingers. It has lingered. You hear that music, you know it's Titanic. I can't say the same about Avatar. Either one of them. Like it. I I like the score for the first one. I thought it was uh, distinctive enough, but there. I like really it, wasn't. but it's but it's not you know it's not an all timer. <laughs> no, no, it's not no. Um, but it was uh really just not not a character in this movie as it was in uh in the last one, and definitely like, not like Titanic. I like the or weekend. Terminator. I like the weekend song. I like that. <laughs> I like I like after going through a three hour journey in this movie and the weekend comes on the soundtrack being like and then we did this and it's like all right yeah all right, cool <laughs> thanks weekend <laughs> Mr. Weekend I don't know what he likes to be called um, Terminator I grew up in Terminator too that's my answer <laughs> like it's that was my that was my childhood favorite movie and it it remains that way because it's it, it's perfect as an adult also um, but yeah I mean Terminator Aliens those are five star movies like it's, you can't really deny the, the craft here. And and it's not like the other ones are that much lesser. <laughs> like I just like these a little bit more. Did you have uh, many results for True Lies? I know that's uh, it's a a beloved beloved I, film. I mean, I got the ones that I mentioned, um, but I, I I don't think anyone on here is like, and the rest suck. I, I think, I think they <laughs> are pretty good on the idea that yeah, he makes entertaining movies. <laughs> uh, next question we have here: What's your favorite long in the making sequel? Uh, Tyler even now writes, Max, Ma Mad Max Fury Road and Top Gun Maverick is certainly in the running now. Philip writes, Return of the Jedi when I was a kid waiting three years was a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Chris also has Mad Max Fury Road. 
favorite long in the making sequels if we take oh. mad max as a given what else do we have well they're so often so disappointing i know so which ones are the good ones like indiana jones um i mean even blade runner had a had a great sequel but it was not it was not what i thought man that's a tough question man actually i got to say i don't think it's it's weird i mean cuz we're taking fury road out um I know it's not perfect, but I really love, and it's not even my favorite of the new trilogy or whatever, but I really love The Force Awakens. Mm. I love the trailers. I love the hype. I love that it was 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. I saw it like four times or something. Like, like I get the criticism with the movie and stuff, but I was pretty satisfied with that movie when it came out. Also the same year as Fury Road. That is a great answer. Uh, you know, Peter, one of the things that you can't deny is the the experience around The Force Awakens. Um, right. Because it's it's not really, it's not like a sequel to the to the prequels. It's, it's a sequel to Return of the Jedi. And if you think about it in that way, we were waiting for this movie uh, for a very long time. And most oh, of us, true, came, yeah. you know, like... I gave up believing we would ever see another Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia film. And and then suddenly here it is. And um, and yeah, all the criticisms are there, but the movie ends with uh, these two characters meeting and then it just like ends and you're like, oh, my God, what's yeah, going to happen next? You know, yeah. yeah, it was the experience around it was was fantastic. That that might be the right answer to this question. Peter, I have to say, you hype this other movie so much, and you just don't mention it here for this question. You love the color of money. How is that not your answer to this movie? Oh my god, you're right. I'm so well because I guess I'm thinking of sci-fi and stuff. No, I do love the color of money. Yeah, I do. Well, I think the reason, I guess, what's tricky there is I've only seen the Hustler like once, and so like the Hustler is not a favorite the way Star Wars is. The color of money is like a favorite Scorsese movie, but I almost forget that it's this weird sequel that took, you know, it was decades later. It's I not guess a that's weird sequel. It's just a sequel. Like, it's not, it's not doing anything like that different. It's just like, yeah, they came back. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's probably why. But yeah. Uh, Ro- uh, Rocky Balboa, uh, by the way. Oh, that's great um, too. Yeah, Rocky Balboa oh, was really good. That's, that's a, a good thing. answer. Yeah. Um, I've got I've got another one. Um, Incredibles two is a yeah. I, I was a yeah. big fan of Incredibles two. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, oh, right. yeah, I was kind of sorry. I was kind of mixed on Incredibles two. I only saw it once. I love that scene with the raccoon though. But maybe <laughs> that's a great scene. But yeah. I didn't... All right. Next question. Who's your favorite character from a James Cameron film? Luke Thompson, friend of the show. Right. The correct answer is Hudson from Aliens. Scott has. I'm sure everyone will pick the outstanding performance of Lance Hendrickson as Chief Steve Crimbro in Piranha 2. <laughs> Todd Liebenau writes Hudson. Jay Kluett, friend of the show, writes Cal Hockley. Mark Hoffmeyer, friend of the show, writes Hudson, the best. And Philip adds Hudson's funniest moments, and he has a gift of Hudson. I like, I mean... People like that Bill Paxton. I mean, yeah. I mean, if we're talking, there's so many big iconic ones, but I do have a soft spot for IGN recently did a like a 
Cameron character face-off thing. And I really like Trasker. And I don't remember the actor's name. He's also in Star Trek II. It's like him and Lance Henriksen mm. are the two cops yeah. like that are trying to find Sarah Connor. Paul Winfield, right? Paul Winfield, yeah. So I really uh, I really like him. Like, he's one of my favorite characters. I mean, no, obviously the Terminator or whatever. But yeah, I got a soft spot. You say, obviously, everybody just picked Bill Paxton. <laughs> I mean, so yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> say the Terminator. <laughs> I mean, as a character, the Terminator is not my favorite character. Like, I love the films, but um, I'm going to have to go with a different Arnold pick here. And that's Harry from True Lies. I just I love it's such a 90s thing that someone could imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger as this like secret agent. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, like, what? Who would ever the CIA would never have this like giant bodybuilder guy going around the 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 world doing all this uh top secret stuff um it's just such a 90s character it's such a 90s movie with like the 90 the like action hero star of the era i, I love everything about it i do like that jay picked billy zane's character in titanic because that's that's funny cal hockley it's, it's, <laughs> it's the biggest character that's for sure uh, he, has, he has some 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 great lines in there next question here <laughs> what are some great films about sea life Todd writes Jaws, The Little Mermaid, Finding Nemo. Chris has The Big Blue and The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Philip also has The Life Aquatic and he adds Ponyo. Ponyo likes ham. I mean, the correct answer to this is Star Trek IV, The Voyage. But (laughs) I do do really like Ponyo um, and Star Trek IV. Ponyo's good. Finding Nemo's good. Uh, Those are all good answers. Jaws Jaws is probably the the very high up there. Oh, I mean, Titanic. Heard of it. Part of it. Yeah. <laughs> is well, it iceberg? That's not, that's not sea about life? sea life, though. It's just yeah. a movie on Oh, water. you're right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just thought of water. You did. You said sea life. Sorry. Correct. Yeah. A good one about sea death. Hey. Find, finding Nemo. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's that time of day, Aaron. It's a log podcast about a log movie. This is what you're getting at this point. <laughs> All right. Next one. We got a few more questions. Uh, what are your favorite three-hour epics? Todd writes, Lawrence of Arabia, The Right Stuff, Avengers Endgame. Chris has, wow, there are loads. Spartacus, Lawrence of Arabia, The Wolf of Wall Street, RRR. Oh, yeah, I forgot, The Lord of the Rings. Philip writes, each of Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings films. And Adam Gentry, friend of the show, writes, The Return of the King. I mean, yeah, Lawrence of Arabia is probably my answer, but I I do really love RRR, and I love the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Those are all pretty big, but I would probably go with Lawrence of Arabia. Um, I'm going to have a a pick that is really out there, um, and I'm going to go with the Ten Commandments. Okay, um, and right, Mr. And- DeMille. Is <laughs> solely this is solely because my dad and I would always watch it growing up. And um, I remember like it. I, I forget what time of year it comes on, but it would always come around like around the same time of year. It comes on during Passover and Easter. Yeah, there. Well, that would generally, make sense. Uh, generally on Easter. And there's like, why did but, but because there's Easter's a, a set time. <laughs> Passover varies. But yeah, that that would make total sense. And uh, I always remember it would be like multiple nights. And when the movie gets started, I'm like, oh, man, well. I better go pee now, cause, cause I, I'm I'm in it to win it. 
Um, so you, you it, can't miss a frame of Ten Commandments. No, no. <laughs> I don't want to miss the you know the spreading of the seas there. So um, I, I'll give it just for nostalgic value of like probably the 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 longest movie I've watched the most amount of times in my life. My answer is The Seven Samurai from Akira Kurosawa. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Uh, next question we have here. What are some great films that pit humans and technology against natives or nature? Todd has Return of the Jedi. Philip has Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, Chris has The Grey. And Chris also writes Piranha 3D. <laughs> I don't, that one I don't know. I hmm. Humans versus How nature. Is... Technology versus you... nature. How was it with oh the Ewoks in Return of the Ewoks Jedi? Okay. Yeah, Ewoks right, versus right, the Stormtroopers. Right. Yeah. Okay, I, I get that. Um, hmm. Yeah, I can't think of uh, versus nature. I wish. Yeah, I wish I had a list in front of me, and that would be like, oh yeah, that one. But I, yeah, I can't think of one right now. All right. Well, feel free to just shout something out if you have one. Well, I'll just go with Star Trek for the Voyage Home again, Aaron. <laughs> right. Take a drink if you're playing the Star Fair. Trek for Voyage Home drinking game. Fair enough. Uh, I I will. Uh, I mean, guys, Godzilla is of nature. Oh, <laughs> and there's a lot of technology they're throwing at him. So that's just where my head's at right now. <laughs> well, All if right. you go Godzilla, you can also go King Kong. You you can, yeah. The airplane's got him. Yeah. It was actually Beauty Killed the Beast. It was a Beauty um, Killed the Beast. Yeah, yeah thank you. Uh, last question we have here. <laughs> what are some fictional cinematic worlds you'd like to return to? Scott writes, I've never been able to figure out why Dorothy left Oz to go back to Kansas. I've been to Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Phillip, oh, man. Philip writes, Speed Racer. Go, Speed, go. And Todd has Toontown from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Cinematic fictional worlds you'd like to return to. Um, I I have complicated feelings about this uh, franchise now, but at the time when I was watching and reading the books, I would say the the wizarding world of Harry Potter was really high up there in terms of like a, a place where I actually wanted to live and and uh, go to school and experience all that stuff that was really high up there for me. You can just return. It's not like she has to keep writing it for you. You can still return. Yeah, if you could just sort of take out J.K. Rowling (laughs) from all of it, uh, hard to hard to do that though. Yeah, I mean, strangely, I kind of like Scott's answer because I've always thought that I love The Wizard of Oz, but and I know, like, I think Sci-Fi Network tried to do like a Wizard of Oz series or something. Then there was the Sam oh, yeah. Raimi one or whatever. Like, it wasn't but, just sci-fi. It was like a it was like a network show. The Dorothy oh, it was a network. Thing, but yeah. like, I I wouldn't mind someone giving another stab at that. Like, I yeah, like I I I that's an interesting world that I wouldn't mind seeing a new version of. Um, Is it interesting? Just so many other ones we've got. You know, we've got tons of Star Wars. We've got Marvel. We've got like I mean, so oh, you know one. That's literally in front of me right now because I have Disney Plus on. Um, uh, and Hello? I think this counts because it it's a world. I would like to see another Tron movie. Oh, The Grid. You want to go back to The Grid? Yeah, I want to go back to The Grid. Yeah, so I wouldn't mind that. Uh, yeah. Wait, like so Tron. is that what the question was? 
the it's question's cool. like, what's another? What's a cinematic like, world you want to read? Cinematic to? world, yeah. Oh, I mean, okay. I thought it was to? like, what's a world where we would actually want to like return to, meaning like live in or something. Oh, oh no, I thought want... he meant just a new movie, like a these new. Okay. Guys, these questions aren't that deep. It's just a matter of which world do you want yeah. to go back to. <laughs> like, and, if you want another movie and, in it, whatever. <laughs> in that case, I like I like the idea of Tron three. I don't need more Harry Potter, guys. I'm done. Please, like, I, yeah, I, I, I delete my answer. You've seen a lot of the world. <laughs> yeah, we're done. We don't need the like Newt's Commander crap. I'm I'm done. Yeah, let's do Tron three. Um, you know they they they're bringing that uh roller coaster to uh Disney World. So maybe maybe they are gonna come up with a with another Tron movie. Um, I want another one if nothing else for like another score. Like man, that's oh, yeah, great so score. Good. Daft Punk. Yeah. Well, they broke up so. True. I mean, and there's no other techno artist in the world. So Disney has a lot of money. They could <laughs> they could bring Daft Punk back together. I like that. Based off my is that statement, Joseph like, Kaczynski's <laughs> is that his first movie legacy? Yes, I think wow. so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're like from that to Matt. Well, no, wait. What was the one with Oblivion? Oh, he, he's had multi. He had, Oblivion, he had Oblivion, and then he had the firefighter movie. That's awesome. That few people have seen. Only the wait, only the brave. Exactly. That's your question. Only the brave with him, with Miles Teller and Jot. Uh, uh, Josh Brolin and Jeff Bridges. It's a great movie. That's so were there many Wait, mustaches? Angelina what Angelina Jolie? No, yeah, isn't she in a firefighter movie? Yeah, and there's more than one firefighter movie. <laughs> well, there's one, <laughs> there's that backdrop. What do you think that like, question was going? <laughs> Only the break. I guess I haven't. It's great. Like, like Aaron, are there uh, many mustaches featured in that movie? There are a few mustaches. Well, you have That's Josh Brolin and Jeff Bridges. I mean, yeah. mustaches right there. Uh, no, the, like, the movie is legit great. Like, I'm not just saying it to say it. It's like a really good, one of the better, like, biopic firefighter dramas I've ever seen. Like, it's really well done. Um, so Kaczynski, in my mind, is four for four because um, he just makes good stuff. Actually, well, no, he had that one. He had that one movie that came out this summer, right, with Chris Hemsworth. The other the other movie he had that was on Netflix uh, was it Spiderhead? Oh, yeah. Spider, Spiderhead? Is that what it is? Yeah. Speaking of Spider How was that? Less good. It's it's like a lot. Yeah, Spiderhead. It's like a long Twilight Zone thing, or like a long Black Mirror episode. It, it just not very great. But Chris Hemsworth's fun in it. He's he's doing his thing. Um, but I mean, you know, that's Netflix, right? <laughs> <laughs> Kaczynski on in in cinema, killing it. <laughs> uh, speaking of killing it, that's gonna bring us. That was that not feedback. 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 And uh, that's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode about Now with Aaron and Abe. Uh, you can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodazeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I write movie reviews for Wheel of Entertainment and Why So Blue for Blu-ray and Criterion Reviews. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Uh, Ali, am I too? Where can people find more of you online? Uh, come over to YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash at D-R-A-L-I. We'll get you over to me. I make mental health fun and easy to understand on my YouTube channel. Great. Peter Paris, where can people find more of you? Hey, I, uh, I write for uh, WeLiveEntertainment.com and Why So Blue, and my Instagram and Twitter is Pajamo. Great. Uh, you can find all the other episodes of Out Now Third Name on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. Feel free to email us at outnowpockets at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and various versions of slash outnow underscore podcast. Um, and again, go on to iTunes and give us a review to rating. That would be great. Um, next week we should be talking Babylon. That should be our one of our main reviews. I know there's a number of things coming up, but Babylon's certainly going to be our one of our main focuses. 
Uh, Ali, Peter, thank you both for joining me for this extended uh, Avatar The Way of Water podcast. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, was this is this longer than the runtime of the movie? Uh, we're circling it, but it will be overall will be shorter so don't ah. worry. don't worry when the next one when when um when uh, uh dirty <laughs> dirty sandland uh, avatar movie comes out <laughs> <Dirty Sandland. laughs> uh, i'm sure that'll be three and a half hours so we'll try to measure up to that 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 rule um but uh yeah no thank you guys for coming on uh thanks to brandon peters for coming on earlier to talk the games with us uh that's gonna do it for this week's episode so until next time so long and goodbye trailer for avatar the way of water the way of water is wet <laughs> wait it's the way of i thought it was way of the water it's way of water the way of water yes i thought it was the way of the water i guess i think, I it, I think it's a subtle dig at his ex-wife who made a movie called the weight of water is that a dig or is that is a that nod a maybe a nod I just it's just very funny to me that Catherine Bigelow has a movie called The Weight of Water and then James Cameron has his movie Avatar The Way of Water. That's true. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like huh, that's that's a choice. Um all right. That was fun with the games. Um, all right. <clears throat>